Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome, everyone, to the Spotlight. I'm Jamie Lambert. That is Steven Jensen. Shout out, as always, to Big Dick MLJ. Now with that, we got the wide shot. The yes. dick is bigger, Way for, bigger. for MLJ. Way better. <laughs> Shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro, as always. It is Thursday, September 14th. A lot to talk about in the world of professional wrestling because the world of professional wrestling never stops. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Happy to be here this Thursday morning. Got my Minnesota Vikings playing later tonight. So wearing my I was wondering why you were repping a, a losing team. Uh, oh, but on, I forgot man. they do play later they on play tonight. tonight. I have y'all y'all will notice in the uh, the interview later today as well that uh I'm wearing the same exact jersey because I knew this was gonna be airing on Thursday. So like I made sure to wear double I, I just got this new Justin Jefferson jersey. So I had to, you know, I gotta gotta represent all the other players I've got are no longer on the team. So is what it is but got myself a new jefferson jersey um and uh yeah i'm looking forward to the nfl game tonight my brother should be coming over soon we're gonna get a crock pot going throughout the day and then yeah we do that sometimes we're like he'll come over during like his breaks at work throw something in my crock pot then like when i'm done with work you know eight hours later or whatever we got food there so looking forward to today man pretty pretty exciting there's a lot of good stuff going on or a lot of interesting stuff i should say going on in the world of wrestling um that we're going to talk about today so how you doing jeremy 
I'm I'm doing well. I'm a little tired, but you know, I'm always a little tired. That's that's really nothing new. Uh guys, you can leave your super chats, uh get your question, comment, statement right on air. Leave us a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to the channel if you have not. Uh subscribe to Fightful Overbooked if you if you have not. Go over to fightfuloverbooked.com, subscribe to that channel as well. It's not a super chat, but I'm going to a lot of people will talk about football, which just become a football show. Uh Don says I didn't realize Jeremy is in Akron, just up the road in Cleveland, where a winning team is. I'm not a Browns fan. Uh, I also support a losing team. Uh, the Carolina Panthers were not very good either. Um, I can't support the, the the wife is a, a Browns fan, but tough times. They're good, but like their quarterback is their quarterback. You know, doesn't seem like the, the best person in the world. But hey, look, more power to you if you can still support the the Browns. They did win. They did win. Unlike our teams, Jensen, our teams are trash. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Adam Thielen fan. I always will be, so it's cool seeing like him with y'all. But like, I hope he does something for you guys. You know, you know that's that's <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> no, that's that's a lot shorter. And that's the big thing, right? With and we'll, we'll get into the wrestling talk here in a second. But like, that's what you never really know, and and not not just for football, but for pro wrestling, for everything is like with someone like Adam Thielen. He was like my favorite. He's like my favorite player of all time. I love Adam Thielen. He was a Viking for like almost a decade came from the, you know, from the practice squad undrafted and everything and, and became a pro bowler. But like the last couple of seasons, especially last year, they didn't really throw him the ball like at all. And I was really frustrated because I was like, what the hell is going on? Like get feeling the ball. And he was getting frustrated too. But at the same time, like we're not at the practices every day. And like, we don't know, like, is he that much slower? Like are his hands, that much worse than they were before and stuff. And that's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's always like the intangibles of like, we're not seeing practices. We're not seeing the behind the scenes. We're not seeing the reps. So it's hard for me to know. And then once again, so that goes with wrestling too. I try to keep that mindset of like, why isn't so-and-so getting pushed? Like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? I'm like, well, they might be seeing something totally different that we never see, you know, and that might be the reason. So, um, but hopefully for Adam Thielen, he's still got it. Cause I hope he, I hope he has a good rest of his career. So. Scott Short says, fly, Eagles, fly. That's the game tonight. The Vikings and the Eagles, Thursday night football. Um, Shadow first says, Bears fans, tough times my entire life. Fair. Uh, I don't know if it's freezing or not. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm good on my end. I see. Okay. You're, you're, start, you're starting to kind of balance out. I can hear you fine. Okay. Uh, Shadow also says, just shot through. Thielen for my fantasy squad. And Will says, unfortunately, Thielen is washed. Game one wasn't great for for Thielen. It wasn't really great for anybody on the Panthers. If we're being being honest about things, you know, this rookie quarterback, a coach that I think is fine, but not like the greatest coach in the world, um, and a, a an offense that just isn't very good. <laughs> like Adam Thielen's kind of our number one guy, and Adam Thielen could barely survive on the Vikings last year so yeah it's not a great offense and then you get a rookie quarterback on top of it there's not a good team but don't worry everybody we don't have our draft pick this year so even if we suck we (laughs) cannot uh we have we can't we don't have a first round pick we traded that for bryce young so bryce young better be very good this is a good pickup shotgun spares as uh hayden hurst helmsley because he's gonna get the ball a lot He, he caught the touchdown last week Bryce Young will definitely be throwing him the ball all right let's uh let's get into some wrestling and we do have another sport to talk about when it comes to the world yeah you're right I need to finish the story 
in the WWE, the story never finishes. A story did finish this past week. Uh, September 12th, <laughs> it became official. WWE and UFC have merged into the publicly traded company TKO. The transaction with Endeavor is complete. They are all under the Endeavor umbrella now. WWE and UFC will continue to run separately, but there will be some crossover stuff in just how how things are presented. Basically, Endeavor has been uh, they they purchased UFC a few years ago and has you know taken them to to new heights with everything. But UFC has still largely been UFC. I don't think many fans who watch the on screen product and Jensen, we can both kind of attest to this. We've been UFC fans for a very long time. Mm-hmm. When Endeavor purchased them, we didn't see too much when it came to what happened on screen. We saw some presentation upgrades and things like that, but that's just kind of the natural evolution of of sports. I expect WWE to remain very similar in that aspect, but we will see some behind the scenes maneuvering and some scheduling maneuvering and some synergy between the two companies that uh, basically makes them TKO. Nick Khan has already talked about basically a TKO weekend of you have Friday SmackDown, you have UFC pay-per-view on Saturday, and then a WWE event on Sunday. And that could also that could all be in one city. So they are just they're going to Los Angeles for a weekend, for example. Nick Khan also talked about internationally. You know, UFC, they just had an event in Australia. WWE's been doing a lot of international events. Uh they're they're holding pay-per-views, obviously in Saudi Arabia and London. Uh, they could go to Australia. That's been heavily rumored and pushed by by Australian superstars. So Nick Khan discussed the possibility of like, hey, maybe UFC or WWE runs on a Saturday afternoon and then the other in in an in international market. And then whichever is not running internationally, running domestically, they run in that Saturday night spot. So it's just all day TKO on Saturday. The full changes will not be super noticeable for probably a, f- a few months now because the merger just became official and a lot there's a lot of talks and just things that have to happen but it's all done we will see what it looks looks like moving forward jensen what are your thoughts and expectations on this <clears throat> well it's uh obviously it's very interesting seeing this go down we knew it was going to happen and it's been like a long time in the making and everything but for this to be official now is obviously massive news for a lot of reasons um First of which is like Vince not being the the majority like like owner or whatever you want to call it like of the like I I'm, I'm really bad with the technical terms of all this stuff but like te- technically Ari Manuel like is in charge of it all now yeah and Vince is technically under him which Vince has not been in this position really in like forty years since he took the business over from his dad. So that's a little interesting to me right there because there's there's someone now. I know he obviously had the shareholders and stuff with it being publicly traded, but like there's somebody now, like a person who's in, in charge of Vince technically, who can like trump his decisions or decide, you know, to do certain things that like Vince might not want to do, but it's like, well, Ari wants to do it, so we're doing it. That's that's a bit different of a dynamic than we've potentially seen. So I think that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> on the Dana White side. It's really interesting too. I saw um, he did a press conference where um, the senior executive for the UFC, Lawrence Epstein, did an interview recently where he was talking about how, like, in a perfect world, all UFC fans would be WWE fans and vice versa. And Dana literally started laughing on the stage when answering the question. He was just like, he's like, listen, there's some crossover appeal. Like, there, there's people like me and you, Jeremy, who like 
pay attention to both. I'm actually like heavily in. I know you. I know you don't. You don't follow the UFC as closely as you used to, but you used to cover it. So like you're very, very aware of everything going on. And I, I did as well. I used to cover MMA too, but I've stayed way more involved as a fan. Like especially for the pay per views. Like I still watch all the pay per views. I watch a lot of the prelims, all of the free shows and stuff still. And so I'm like the exact demographic and audience that I think they're going for. Like like someone like Lawrence Epstein, Epstein would be would be thinking about, but the reality of the situation is like there really isn't a lot of crossover appeal. Like there's some, but there's not a ton. Like it's it's unrealistic to think that every WWE fan is going to be a UFC fan and vice versa. But I think it's really cool for fans like myself who can have potentially Saturdays where it's like a full TKO Saturday. And and I love the early UFC shows. I actually prefer when the UFC events are in like the morning or the afternoon instead of at night. So if they can start doing more like morning UFC shows, evening WWE pay-per-views, PLEs or whatever, and stuff like that, you know, or even just full weekends, like you said, where it's like UFC Saturday, WWE Sunday, uh, WWE, of course, being on Friday, you know, assuming SmackDown stays on Fridays with the new TV deal, which that could also change potentially too. So there's just a lot of moving pieces, a lot of potential. But the first things I think about, honestly, are like Vince and Dana, because like they're two guys who are very similar in a lot of ways, but like are both now technically like peers, but Vince is still technically above him and like the chain, which it's, 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 but it's, it's, it's interesting and it's strange and it's exciting a lot of ways too. Now that's kind of from like the management side of it, I guess, kind of looking at it. But when it comes to like other stuff involved with this, of course, the, like the, the real downside is going to be, I can't say this definitively because I don't work there, but I've, I saw when the UFC got purchased years ago by Endeavor and I've seen other companies. I mean, literally the company I work for was just purchased. And I've seen this happening in some departments and stuff too. There are going to be a lot of people who probably lose their jobs soon. I don't know. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to put bad vibes out there. just trying to be realistic because what winds up happening is a company like Endeavor already has a lot of these teams put together for a lot of like behind the, the scenes stuff. And they already want to run a well-oiled machine with the UFC. <clears throat> so they're like, they're going to already have a lot of their own people and not need like double the people to do a lot of those roles. So my, my thoughts are already out to like people who potentially might lose their jobs during this transition. These are a lot of really great hardworking people that we don't ever talk about or see that are involved in these shows that are super, super important. And they'll luckily for them wrestling and entertainment. So there's actually a lot of opportunity right now, but like, it's still the WWE, the UFC, like that's the top, that's the industry leaders. Like, and, so it's one of those things where, like, I, I I think of that stuff, too. Like, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of people losing their jobs. There could be more WWE roster cuts, potentially. Like, there were, back during the pandemic, they might want to, you know, cost cut. Just straight up, just who's making us money, who isn't? Who's been here a long time and makes a lot of money, but isn't as valuable as we as, as they are on paper and stuff like that. And they're going to they're gonna go through all that. They're, they're going to – so there's going to definitely be changes. But from a fan perspective – I think it's I think it's pretty interesting and it's pretty exciting, but I also I I don't expect like massive changes though to either product like initially, but I do think it will lead to some cool crossover stuff for weekends where there's both events where like the TKO brand can like do joint stuff, and it could also be cool for like potential meet and greets. Like it'd be really cool to be able to meet like a WWE superstar and a UFC fighter like at the same like meet and greet during a weekend or something like that. I think we will definitely see. Uh, you know, they call it in the, the business world cost synergies. That's their their fancy way of 
saying they're going to fire a bunch of people. Uh, I think we will most certainly, I mean, th- it's a guarantee, unfortunately, that that's going to happen behind the scenes office kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe production stuff. I don't, I don't know. As When it comes to the talent roster though, and this could be, this could be very uh, naive on my part of them not making so many talent roster cuts. Um, because one, they're still making a ton, ton of money. Yeah. So I don't know why. I mean, I, I understand they would just make roster cuts um, to do it, but I, I would hope that we don't see so many roster cuts on this. Um, we'll, we'll see. We, we shall see. You know, they had the hiring freeze throughout the year. That's stopped. We'll, we'll get into a potential big hire here here shortly. Um, you know, we just saw Nia Jax return on monday as well she's apparently been under contract for a little while uh aop is reportedly under contract and and has been carlito reportedly under contract and has been so they've hired some people uh so the fact that they are you know they have been still making hires knowing that this transaction was going to go through and everything does make me believe we won't see so many um talent cuts but obviously when it comes to because yeah that the talent isn't a cost synergy you know you're you're not you're not going to be like oh well let's just replace i don't want to use any names uh let's replace this person with this ufc fighter because they do that like it's not the same it's not so but obviously behind the scenes you will see the cost synergies where where i would be interested and and like concerned and i don't want to use names either but y'all can kind of put two and two together and see kind of who the kind who i may be kind of talking about here in this kind of scenario so, <clears throat> excuse me. When this happened in the UFC, I'm sure you remember this too. Sir, I will name names in this because this stuff has already happened. So, like in the UFC, and this was years ago, but in the UFC, certain guys started getting cut that were like John Fitch level guys that were like, like number one contender level, but like not winning the title, but were like beating a lot of contenders, but were also veterans. So they were making a lot of money. They had a lot of the pay raises. So the the UFC was in this position with them where they were like. They've been around a long time. They're not going to win the title. They're making a lot of money and they're beating off, up or they're beating all the other contenders as they're trying to get to the they're title. Beating off the contenders. I did not. I, <laughs> I almost said that. Um, I was going to say they're beating off all the contenders, meaning like the contenders are climbing the ladder. They beat yes. them off the ladder and then they, uh-huh. they fall back down. Yes. yes. But listen, <laughs> hey, listen, I heard Kevin Nash talking about CM Punk giving people pipe jobs this week. But there, there's a lot of. So, anyways. So. Um, my, my point is that, um, <laughs> that's the show on Fightful now as well. My point is, um, in the WWE, there are certain performers that are in similar positions that have been there for a long time that have had the pay raises year over year over year, but like, aren't the face of the company that aren't probably going to be WWE champion anytime soon that aren't even on TV that often. And that's when I would, those are kind of the performers. I'd be really curious to see if they, what, what, what was the term that you used for cost cutting? Uh, uh, corporate synergies, cost corporate synergies. synergy, cost yeah. energy. That's where I'd be interested to see if the, that's where the cost energy goes is to like performers that have been the WWE for a long time that aren't on TV that often that have a lot of pay raises that aren't going to be the champion anytime soon. Well, that that's a big reason when they made these releases during the pandemic and everything, why you saw, saw legitimate kind of top tier guys like a Braun Strowman or like a Bray Wyatt of, of being released during that time. It's because, okay, they're good. Are we going to put the title on them 
how much are they really bringing in? Look, Bray moved a ton of merchandise, but Braun was a guy he had just challenged. He had the big match with Shane at WrestleMania. He just challenged for the title in that triple threat match. And they're like, eh, you're gone. Like, that's what we saw then. That's why I'm a, yeah, maybe I'm just being naive. That's why I'm hopeful we don't see so much of that now because they have already been down this road. They got a lot of pushback on that. And then they ended up hiring these people back anyway. So I hope that, and there's obviously a big difference between WWE and UFC in the fact that like, yeah, they're making a lot of money. You know what you can do with these guys? You can actually push them and you can actually put them at the top of the card. Where if UFC, you can't control who wins and who loses type of thing. Like you can't control if John Fitch goes in and beats all your up and coming contenders, but can't win a title and is making more than guys you're actually like trying to kind of push right. or your champion type of thing. And John Fitch, you know, John Fitch was the draw that he was, that he was many people weren't tuning in or paying for a John Fitch fight as good as he was. He was a boring fighter. He, like, he yeah. laid in parade and like, but he was beating the, most of the people he was fighting. And that yeah, was exactly. right. Exactly. So, so, you know, WWE, they can push these people. If you got somebody making this much money, you can justify that by actually putting them on television and utilizing them and making people invested in them. So that's why yeah, maybe I'm being naive, maybe because they are hiring, debuting people who have been under contract. I'm like, oh, maybe we will see more people come in and they will actually use this money to bring in more people to boost, to continue to boost their sales, their merchandise, their ratings, because like the, the ticket sales have been really good. The merchandise seems to be moving. The ratings have been good. I know Monday they they took a car wash uh, against Monday Night Football. That wasn't mm. great. Um, you know, we'll see if when Monday Night that's Football every, starts. That's to, every season, though. I mean, it, that's yeah, but it was ball. really bad. Was it? it was, was it? Oh, it was the second lowest viewed show in Raw history. Really? And, like, and, yeah. and, the, and Cody Rhodes didn't do anything, right? He just came out for like a second to do like an interview or something. They need to like heavily promote him during football season. And, and, they, and they put him on during halftime, which I noticed. That was that was an obvious move. They put Cody on right when halftime started during Monday Night Football. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Con- considering how good they've been doing, I, I obviously they were going to drop against Monday Night Football. I don't think anybody saw the drop that they ended up having mm. on on Monday. Um. You know, so maybe they will try to bring people in to to boost this up. Maybe it's me being naive when it comes to this and just hoping. And maybe it's more hopeful. Like I don't want to see. I don't want to see anybody lose their job. Period. Uh, certainly don't want to see the performers, the wrestlers, lose their jobs. When it comes to like a TKO All Star Weekend, I've been in love. Been in love with these Saturday pay per views. I love the Saturday afternoon, yeah, pay per views with WWE, and then I'm just done. For the day, done for the night. I know now we have collision, so I kind of got to watch and cover that. But like the Saturday afternoon pay-per-views, I'm like, good. Show's over. I can finish up. I'm, I'm good with Saturday night pay-per-views. Sunday night pay-per-views are so, so tough. Uh, like especially they, the WWE ones aren't quite as bad, well, mainly because they don't seem to do them too much anymore. Um, but the the Sunday night ones are, are tough with AEW when they run until 3 a.m. because the press conferences and everything. I do not want to go back to... Okay, we have Friday, SmackDown, and then WWE pay-per-views on Sunday. I've gotten spoiled. I loved it during the pandemic when they'd start those things at 7. They started the main show at 7. I was like, oh, yes, it was yeah. over by 10. Oh, that was that was the dream scenario right there. But I know with UFC, UFC has the foothold on Saturday. They ain't moving UFC 
to Sunday. That we can no, just no, wipe no, that. No. We can wipe that right now, especially because UFC doesn't start till ten anyway. The main card. Well, the pay per views. So, yeah, but but the, yeah, the main but, card. But, but but I mean, but they're also running a lot of shows that are like early in the day in the day now that are non pay per view. Like they're doing a lot of their shows now. Like like most of their most of their ESPN Plus main cards start at like six or seven now. Sometimes yeah. earlier. But but no, I know what you, I know. What you, I understand what you're saying. We also used to sit through WWE shows that were like six hours long, and also UFC events that were like six hours long every weekend. Um, so at least they've shortened that a little bit. The WWE PLEs haven't been as long, and, and you know, but UFC is still as long if you watch the whole thing. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to I'm cut you fine. Off. Oh yeah, you're fine. I'm fine with WWE pay-per-views going till midnight on a Saturday. Like honestly, I'm okay with it. And maybe be because I am uh, a UFC fan and I'm used to staying up until one o'clock to watch like these main events and everything. Because some of these UFC UFC shows, especially if the the main card on pay-per-view, we get a bunch of decisions. The main event might not start until one o'clock. There was the show um, a few months ago where the main the main event. They, they weren't doing intros until like 1245. Oh, so, the, the main event might not start until one. Um, so I'm okay with WWE running until like midnight on Saturdays, running midnight until on Sundays. That's when I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. I saw somebody in the yeah. chat um, and I'm trying to find it again. Uh, it wasn't a super chat. It was just a, a general question and now I can't find it. So I apologize. Uh, uh, but they asked it, if WWE is going to run on Sundays, they, one night does wrestlemania go back to one night no uh and i'm saying that because nick khan basically said as much nick khan said you know they will talk with ufc and they will be like okay what are your big days uh here it is um to to, uh taylor cannon says if plas are on a sunday does that mean we go back to one night manias again again the, the answer here is no because nick khan mentioned this uh on bill simmons podcast where they will talk to the UFC and be like, okay, what are your big days? For UFC, typically the MSG show in November, which is coming up uh, pretty soon. That's Jones and Miochik, uh in a couple of months. That's a big show for them. Typically, like the the uh, December show is kind of a big show for them. They run a show on Super Bowl weekend. That can be a big show uh, for them. UFC's got like their big shows. And Nick, Nick Khan was saying like, you know, we have our big shows like WrestleMania we probably wouldn't want UFC doing like one of their big shows on a WrestleMania weekend. Cause that's kind of always belonged to us. So I don't think you got to worry about like a, a WrestleMania going back to one night. WrestleMania is not going to be moving. I don't think we're going to see UFC run any type of big events uh, on the big WWE pay-per-view weekends. I don't think like a SummerSlam is going to move off of a Saturday. I don't think uh, a rumble is going to move off of a Saturday. I think it's more likely you'll see kind of these B pay-per-views move onto a Sunday. And, you know, how does that affect AEW's schedule as they are now running more pay-per-views? Are they going to run up now? Are they going to have to be forced almost to move to a Saturday some weekends because they don't want to run on a Sunday against a UFC or against a a WWE pay-per-view? And, you know, WWE plays the game with the schedule, too. They're like, oh, wait, UFC is going to run here? We're going to stick NXT on this day right we're gonna we're gonna run our show on this weekend on saturday so we get all the coverage like that's just how it works they're gonna play that schedule game not only with ufc where they're gonna be partners with each other they're gonna play that schedule game with AEW, where they're gonna be like where can we oppose them yeah well and also AEW is also constantly keeping in mind when the nfl is running because they're trying to avoid tony khan only being involved with the jags is trying to not run AEW shows at the same time the NFL is running during the season, which is already becoming a problem because I'm pretty sure 
Russell dream is happening on a Sunday, right? So that's going to run against NFL. That's already yeah, Tony. Gonna... Yeah, Tony has said the Eagles or not the Eagles. Uh, the Jaguars are in London that weekend. He's like, yeah, I got to miss that game because he's going to be in Seattle for Russell dream. Yeah. So like, there's even that to consider for AEW. It's like you're trying to avoid WWE shows, UFC shows, and NFL football for like the next you know half a year. Like, okay, that's not easy you know like those are the, those are like the prime times to like do stuff is like you're gonna start getting taken up by all this other stuff um well the only the only pay-per-view they've had during football season until they've sort of expanded the schedule was full gear and they move they always move full gear to a saturday right because revolution was in march or end of february so they could run that on a sunday double or nothing's may they could run it on a sunday and um all out was september so they could run that on a sunday full gear was the only one that coincided with football and that's why they kept it on a saturday now if they're going to expand their schedule to one pay-per-view a month they're not going to have a choice but to either run it on a saturday which could put them up against wwe or ufc or run it on a sunday which would put them up against the nfl right right so well we'll see we'll see where all this uh kind of takes both companies but as far as like on the WWE and UFC side, though, like I think I think it's an exciting time for fans. Even, I mean, even for the just just the idea, there's there's obviously a double edged sword to all this. But like, because like on one hand, I feel for someone like Triple H, where you're like, damn, dude, you were being bred to like take this whole thing over for so long, and now you report to Nick Khan, who reports to you know Ari or whatever, and it's like. Damn, if I was Triple H, it'd be kind of like not, not. I don't know. I don't know how he feels about it. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's that's kind of weird to be the guy for so long, and then this new guy, Nick Khan, swoops in and like in just a couple years, like now, like he's your guy that you're reporting to and all this stuff. But you know, so like there's 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 those, those kind of dynamics that like I I just think are just like also kind of interesting to kind of keep an eye on, but like. In general, though, I think it's just it's it, it's I, I like the idea that somebody is potentially going to keep Vince in check for certain stuff or or bring. Listen, I don't think he, I don't think that Ari's going to like I think I know you're shaking your head. And the reason I think, I think you're doing that is because I think a big part of this deal happening was contingent on Vince being involved. Because, yeah, oh, 100%. That's because it, right, because he like he was out and everything, and then he was back in for the merger and all this stuff. So, like, <clears throat> so I think that obviously Ari and the team, like, they trust Vince to just like run his product how he's run it. I don't think they want to get in his way. But what I mean by this is like, let's say Ari and the people around him who are obviously really great business people in, in the world of entertainment and sports and all this stuff. They look at something like AEW maybe and they're like, hey, why do they work with like AEW does stuff with this other New Japan company and this other impact company and this and that. And like they do, they just did 80,000 seats in, in Wembley and all this. Like, why aren't we also co-promoting like, or, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying this will necessarily happen, but I'm just saying like maybe some of these things that Vince was like completely against for so long, maybe having someone above him kind of being like, listen we're the ones who are doing it. Like it's our company and you know, either. So I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking like it's possible that maybe some stuff Vince was against that maybe having somebody new kind of in charge of him, maybe will open up some possibilities for some other stuff potentially. I mean, UFC wasn't doing any, 
co-promotion on this. I think for the most part, Ari and Vince just had a long-standing relationship. And so Ari was like, no, I want Vince here. He's been doing this for decades. He knows what he's doing. Look at the growth he's had with this company. And that's a big reason why, I mean, Nick Khan can say that like, oh, you know, it wasn't the only reason Vince wanted to appease the shareholders and everything. Look, Ari Manuel wanted Vince on board. And I think there's a big reason why Vince was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to sell to you instead of like the Saudis where the Saudis are just going to dismiss me and they sure. own the full company. Vince might not have full ownership or the majority owner like he he used to be, but he still has a big stake in things. And obviously he's still a, around with everything. He was there at the New York Stock Exchange with the opening bell and everything. He's still calling in, making changes and stuff. I think for the most part, Ari's going to let Vince run the show or Nick Khan, whoever it might be. He's going to let them run the show. If he feels the need to step in, sure, he might step in, but I don't think he's going to uh, step in at all. Like, I I just don't I, see it, honestly. I think you're probably right. Like, I think that the most, the way more likely scenario is what you just said. I'm just trying to throw some ideas out there about like, it just, it is different not, not having Vince being the, the final say. I mean, yeah. I think I think at the end of the day, he will be the final say for like everything anyways. But if it came down to it, there is somebody finally there above him, which is we haven't had before. So, yeah, and, you know, we'll see how much how much Ari wants <clears throat> to do in that department, because like I said, it doesn't feel like to to the on screen to us as fans. We don't see or feel big difference when it comes to UFC. You know, like to me, the UFC product has evolved, but it's just evolved in the natural state of how sports and entertainment evolve. But I'm sure behind the scenes, there's been different stuff that, that has happened. Like if anything, there's just more UFC. And I feel like this is something Nick Khan has talked about and maybe something we'll see with Endeavor is we'll probably just get more WWE out of this. You know, Nick Khan yeah. said, again, a perfect world. We'd run every night. We'd have a show for every single night run as much as possible you know ufc they run legitimately every single weekend you and a lot ESPN. of those shows were added when endeavor took over like they yeah. came in and started adding shows exactly like you you've got a, literally a, a, an event every single weekend you got your big pay-per-views but then you got your fight nights on espn plus you got your fight nights on espn you got your dana white contender series out there like they just it's just more and more and more and i think we'll see a lot of that with wwe and I don't know how long this writer strike is going to go, but there's certainly room to capitalize on some of this because WWE doesn't have, they have writers, but like not unionized writers or anything. They can just keep running, keep churning out content. So I think that's, if anything, what we'll see is we will just see more WWE. I think it's very possible. And um, I, this, I'm obviously joking about this, but Hey, if there's anyone like signing the WWE right now, that doesn't have anything going on. There's no creative forum. They don't even have anything for like NXT level up or whatever. There's always power slap. I'm just saying like you, you got, you got Dana White with power slap, um, which well, I think is an absolute sham. I, I hate power slap. Um, sorry. One other thing I wanted to mention just really quick. And then, but uh, this is something that needs to be said, and I don't want to forget to, to bring it up. One thing the UFC needs to definitely do especially i mean they had to do this anyways or should have done this anyways but now that especially with them being involved with the wwe this big company it's more it's more than about just them at this point they need to fix the culture with a lot of the stuff i saw people in the chat mentioning this as well they got ufc fighters out here saying really stupid stuff on a really consistent basis and listen i'm 
I'm way more liberal than most when it comes to like free speech. Like I'm a big believer in free speech and like not canceling everybody who's ever made a mistake in these kind of things. But like, there's a consistent pattern of certain things being said and certain behaviors that UFC fighters are doing. And Dana White is not only not doing anything about it, he's basically just writing it off like, well, just is what it is. Like, you know, watch it or don't watch it. And it's like, I get that to a degree, but there's like, there's stuff that you just, that just isn't cool anymore. And like, it's just happening too much. And like someone needs to step in as an authority figure needs to step in and, and, and change that. And they aren't. And I, I want to throw that out there too. Like that's because I love the UFC. I, lo- I love mixed martial arts. And uh, there's just a lot of stupid stuff being said. That's like totally, totally avoidable. And it shouldn't be a part of the, the sport or just part of our culture in 2023 at this point anymore, in my opinion at all. So I want to throw that out there too. Like just because I'm a big fan of the UFC and a lot of that, most of the athletes involved, I'm also aware that there are some, some big issues with some of the stuff going on there too that needs to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So I want to put that out there too. I mean, that's got to start at the top with Dana actually reprimanding these people and be like, there's no place for that. And like you said, instead he just dismisses it as like, this, well, whatever. they apologize. Well, yeah, they apologize because they said it out loud in front of millions of yeah. people. Like they don't, they wouldn't apologize if they, if they were behind closed doors, you know. Like, and that's and, the problem, right? Like, well, th- this is a problem when Dana White is caught on video slapping his wife and is not really punished at all for that. And oh, promotes I'm gonna... a power slap league. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that, I know that culture is unfortunately what it is, and this is this will tie back to what I was going to mention about the fan bases and 
Dana White saying that's stupid. There's not a whole lot of crossover. Like there's not like we are kind of an exception with this. And it were kind of an exception because we've covered both sports. Um, you know, we, that's how we kind of got started in all of this. Uh, but for people who don't cover either sport, they're just like, okay, what are we watching? Like, I think WWE fans and, and people in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong. Let me know how you feel about it. I think WWE fans seem to have a respect for at least the UFC and like the athletes and the fight game in and of itself type of thing. And they respect that the moments of like the, the overall totality of UFC and the spectacle of it where UFC fans are just a lot of them are just kind of bloodthirsty and they, they support think things like this and it, they find wrestling to just be fake and they find the gimmicks to be fake. Meanwhile, half of them are cheering for Colby Covington, who admittedly isn't a registered voter, but he goes out there with his gimmick and says all this stuff. And half the people are like, yeah. He and, comes out with Kurt Angle's theme song. Yeah. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of pro wrestling in UFC. Right. UFC fans just don't always want to admit that uh, right. is what it comes down to. But yeah, there's they feel not above a lot of- it. They feel like they're above yeah. liking wrestling because wrestling is fake. And it was the G word back then. People would always sit, call that and all this stuff. And, and that's, and they, I, I, I really, I don't like that mindset at all. I know a lot of people in the MMA community, especially when I was working in MMA, because there would be certain things that I would do within the pro wrestling space when I'd edit videos and stuff. And they'd come at me and be like, keep the pro wrestling out of it. That's stupid. That's fake. That isn't the same. Blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, do you see the entrances in the UFC? Do you see the gimmicks? Do you see like, this is, this is pro wrestling. They're just actually fighting each other at the end of the day. But like you're like you said, there there's a ton of crossover appeal, but there's a mindset difference. And like yes. most of the UFC fans are like, this is below me because it's fake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kevin in the chat says there was a guy who had Undertaker's clothing in the UFC. Yeah, Israel Adesanya did a full on yep. Undertaker entrance. He's been very open about the fact of like, yeah, after my UFC career, probably want to go try some stuff in WWE. We've seen Ronda Rousey do that. We we've seen Brock go kind of jump back and forth on that you know there, there's been you know, ken shamrock was that's how i discovered ufc is i was a wrestling yeah. fan i saw ken shamrock i was like oh what's his deal oh he used to be in ufc so i started watching ufc fights and that's how i kind of got into it blockbuster vhs year. tapes baby Block, yeah, blockbuster like, vhs they were in the same aisle as like the wcw and wwf that's how i got into it too i started seeing ken shamrock's face on like ufc stuff and i was like so this must be the real fighting and then yeah. i got hooked yeah yeah, so there, there's plenty of crossover and at least like like the sport, the spectacle of it. But you're right. That, that's, that's a good way to put it is like there's crossover appeal, but the mindset is just completely different when it comes to fans. And I don't know what you do to to change that, honestly. I, I don't know if there is anything you can do to uh to change the mindset when it comes to to fans and you know lexus says keys to it for instance the outcome is fixed so ufc fans are not interested i i buy that like i buy that ufc fans are like i don't want to know something again the the fake thing and look you can be mad about about that word i i understand that i prefer the word like scripted because sure. fake is makes it seem like this shit doesn't hurt and every wrestler will tell you the shit hurts um but yeah the the outcome they know the outcome for for a lot of it and maybe they don't know it but uh you know they know that it is a predetermined thing where a ufc fight you get things like what you saw on saturday with sean strickland beating israel adesanya despite being one of the biggest underdogs in ufc history like that's that is a big appeal 
of the the sport of UFC is it does it's a real sport with an outcome where you have uh stuff that the unpredictability of it you have these right. big upsets like that and by the way the reason i'm using the word fake in this scenario is because that's what ufc fans yes call wrestling like that's yeah. why and and it, it goes both ways like like for like the wwe fans or pro wrestling fans in general a lot of them don't like the ufc because because it is real like they see that and they're like man i want to see someone actually go out there and get punched in the face over and over and bleed all over the place and break their bones and all that stuff like they they like pro wrestling because it's it's so funny because it's there's so much crossover appeal and so much so much um similarity and so much of the presentation and stuff and even what you see in the ring some of the moves and stuff but like the the philosophies on what the two things are, are completely different in the UFC you're actually trying or in mixed martial arts you're actually trying to inflict damage on your opponent and, and stop somebody and defeat them as they're trying to do the same thing to you in professional wrestling you're trying to protect the person you're working with and not actually hurt them so like it's a totally it's a totally different dynamic, but, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I see both sides of all this too, you know, like in, um, there was actually, let me see if I can find, oh yeah, I'll just put this on the screen. Kevin, <laughs> CM Punk tried to go to the UFC, but he lost to Mike Jackson and Mickey Gall. Very aware of that, Kevin. I would, I would definitely watch some of the, the former episodes. I've talked in, in detail about that. For those, we had a lot of viewers today. If, uh, if you're a big CM Punk fan and never got to see his UFC run, I'll just go and throw it out there. His first fight against Mickey Gall didn't go very well. He got rear naked choked in the first round. But Mickey Gall was a really good fighter. He was a really good fighter. He, that, should, that fight should have never happened. But anyway, then he fought Mike Jackson, a, a man actually named Michael Jackson, who's a part-time fighter, mainly like a journalist photographer guy, has a little bit of boxing experience. Um, he literally held that CM Punk down and tickled him during their fight and beat him by an enough decision. So I, that's just a quick summary of how that went. Um, and I, I'd imagine we won't see CM Punk, you know, back in the UFC um, ever again. So um, anyways, I, I know we had other big topics talked about today. Did you have anything else about the, uh, the merger here? Uh, I'm going to read the, the super chat from, from Will. Uh, it says, don't forget Kyrie's coming uh, in around October, November. Yeah, that's another hire that they have made recently um, to, again, hopefully, fingers crossed, it is a sign that they won't be making any talent releases with, with this merger because they are hiring and bringing back or bringing in people. Yeah. Uh, do we have other super chats that we need to hit or did they, were they? No, the other super the chats next? are AEW stuff. Okay, cool. Oh, I'm cool. holding off on them. Yep. All right, uh, let's you know, let's get into the AEW. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. It was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. We had a couple of AEW topics, and we're still going to touch on those. But then late last night, uh, like one thirty a.m., uh, Sean Rossap here of Fightful um, broke the news that Jade Cargill was finishing up with AEW and. Sources believe that she is WWE bound, not confirmed that she is going to WWE, but enough smoke out there to make it seem like that's what's going to happen. Will, uh, since it's another super chat, says, I was putting my daughter to bed last night. I checked my phone, saw the Fightful News on Jade Cargill and said, when did this happen? Wrestling is crazy. Well, if you watch the Dynamite last night, uh, really, if you if you go back to Collision, when Jade returned. Uh, so she returned after the hiatus, after Double or Nothing, where she lost the, the TBS title to um, Chris Statlander. That was her first loss in AEW. She'd been off television since then, returned on Collision. And if you watched Dynamite last night, they just announced the match for Rampage. And right. I was certainly like, 
why are we doing this on Rampage? I turned to the, my buddy Hughes that I watched all the shows, but I was like, Rampage? Did I see that right? That was yeah. so confusing. Very confusing. And the fact that Jade returned on Collision, they didn't have a match announced for Collision. It's like, why wouldn't you just do this on Collision or hold off until the pay-per-view? It's like, nope, Rampage, tape show, here we go. And then, you know, the spoilers came out. And look, if, if you're... If you know this news, I, I don't think I'm spoiling too much for you, but Jade does not win that match. And then it was reported by Sean that Jade is finishing up with AEW. And again, sources believe that she is WWE bound. Um, we will see how it plays. Shytown Spurs says, leave Super Chat. I'm, I'm bummed that Jade is leaving, as I'm pretty much done with WWE. But like every situation, this is an op- opportunity for someone else to step up. Yeah, it, it is in AEW. And I'm very curious of Jade Cargill in WWE. It's not that I don't think uh, Tony Khan didn't know what he had in Jade Cargill. Because it, look, if he didn't, I don't I don't know what to, to tell him. Like, everyone saw the star potential in Jade Cargill. I'm pretty sure Tony Khan saw the star potential in Jade Cargill. Why she didn't do more, why the TBS run became what it became, why it was a little all over the place with, hey, here's Stokely. Hey, here's Mark Sterling. Hey, here's the baddies. But then they kind of turn on you. But then there's you're just bringing in a baddie that you already beat who didn't like you, but now she's part of the group. The thing with Bow Wow, which went nowhere. I don't know if people even remember that, but that went nowhere. And she just beat people. There wasn't a whole lot of storyline to some of them. There was some Nyla Rose stealing the title. Athena was something. Otherwise, there wasn't too many storylines when it came to the the TBS titles, just open challenge stuff until Statlander beat her. You know, at the end of the run, she was just beating Taya Valkyrie every week. They could have done a lot more with Jade. And I don't know why they didn't do a lot more. Maybe because Tony thought she she made her contract longer. Well, I got her for this amount of time. I got time to build this stuff. I don't know Jade's reasoning for for wanting to go to WWE, for wanting to leave AEW. She's always been very complimentary of Tony and AEW. Maybe it's a travel thing. I, you know, she has, uh, she's, I think they're just dating. I don't think they're technically married, but Brandon Phillips, former um, former baseball player, that dude, uh, former Cincinnati Reds, great. She has a kid, and you know she she owns a with Brandon Phillips a, a softball team as well. I she certainly has uh, interests outside of wrestling. She's even said it herself, like she don't need the money. She's good there. She's doing wrestling because she likes wrestling and everything. I don't know her reasons, but her reasons are her reasons. And I'm sure WWE understands what they have with Jade Cargill. And I would imagine you're going to see her in some pretty big positions. It's not only just like on screen, you're going to see a lot of media and stuff with her. And that's where I think AEW almost underutilized her. It's like, you should be promoting her. They have her on talk shows, have her just doing more kind of overall appearances. And that is one thing I will say. Well, I don't think that, aw did a bad job here could they have done more yes they they did try to do as much as they could with her media wise they don't have the the scope the reach of wwe when it comes to this stuff they just don't it's just a Mm -hmm. it's just a fact on this like they do not have that kind of reach and if you want the the bigger kind of star power wwe is kind of the place to be with that yeah, well, I mean, especially with how he, she started in AEW, her debut was basically her teaming with Shaq. I mean, which is like, immediately you're thinking, okay, they clearly see star potential in her to throw her in there. 
I mean, I'm not, this is no offense, but like very green, right? I mean, she didn't have, have like any experience. Yeah. We saw all of her matches pretty much in front of us. Like she, she had no independent career, no, no real experience. It's all been in front of people, which is like a ton of pressure. And I think that she, that's why I always gave Jade a lot more slack on her come up was like, like if she's had 13 matches on AEW, that's probably her only 13 matches she had had at that point. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, and I was always saying like, listen, give it time. She's doing really, really damn good for somebody who has hardly any experience. Who's been put in this kind of position with this title belt and all this attention. And it's a real, excuse me, it's a real sink or swim type scenario. And I think she swam. I think she did a damn good job. And, and by the time she lost that TBS championship, that thing meant something. I, I'm a big Statlander fan. And I thought Statlander was the right person to, you know, to be the one to beat her for that. So like, I, you know, and I, I'm with you with pretty much everything you're saying, you know, I, I think most of it's probably right. You know, I think that Jade or that Tony probably assumed that Jade was going to be around longer and they were probably figuring, well, we'll do this long TBS title run. We'll establish her. And then once ever, when, once it's time to move on from that, then we have a new woman we can put in this main event scene with Soraya and with Tony Storm and with Britt Baker and just um and Sheeta and like all the top women we have. And I think that that was their their long-term plan for Jade was eventually elevate her to be one of the center centerpieces of just the just the company in general, which she already pretty much was being the TBS champion. Um where I think things start getting <clears throat> I don't know what the right word is, where things start getting kind of interesting as far as like where why she may be leaving and in WWE and this kind of stuff is like when you look at it where she's at in her career right now, I still think she has a lot of improving to do, like a lot. But her character and like her look and everything can get her like past most of that, like without her having to do much. And I mean that like as a real compliment, like just seeing her, you know, she's a star. Like I, she lives near me. I've seen her at my local Walmart before people are constantly turning. They're like, who is that? Like, even if they don't watch wrestling, it's like, she looks like a star and she carries herself like a star and she's good enough at what she needs to do in the ring that she can do. She can be presented great on the screen. Like she had some really good matches for that TBS championship where she really didn't have to do a whole lot outside of like, just being in the right place do the right stuff where she needed to and let the other person do their thing. And, you know, but sometimes it wouldn't work out well, right? Sometimes it'd be clunky. Sometimes the matches weren't very good and they'd be very short sometimes. But the reason I say all this is because in AEW, because of the way that their shows are structured, especially their pay-per-views. And I know there's a big topic about like not enough women's wrestling on AEW television and stuff to begin with. I get all that. But when you have a show that's like Danielson in Moxley and um in Jericho and Osprey and the and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and all this stuff like and then you got Jade Cargo in there doing like a short kind of like WWE style match it just it's just a different type of thing and I'm not saying it doesn't work I'm just saying that AEW and her may not be kind of on the same page and they may not need what they need out of her long term like they may have they may have gotten kind of all they could out of her for the time being like she's held this title for forever she's been undefeated up to this point now she's lost to the same person twice and it's like if they don't feel like she's ready to be one of the top women with that title she's kind of like a no man's land at the moment now that said it could 
be strictly on AEW where it's like they plan to put her in that top position. They want to put her in the top position. It's time to put her in that top position. But now her contract's about to be running up or whatever. And she is like, I appreciate what you've done for me up to this point. But like you had all this time to elevate me to that top position. And now WWE is interested. Like, and of course she has a relationship with Cody. I'm not going to sit here and put pe- words in people's mouths, but Cody has himself said in interviews since coming back to the WWE that he obviously keeps in touch with certain people and he'll give them honest opinions on like, if you're interested, I think you'd be good over here or, or I don't, you know, you should stay where you're at, I think, or you should come over here. You should go do this or that. He'll give people honest advice. My assumption, make an ass out of you and me, could be totally wrong, but my assumption is she talked to Cody and Cody was like, you'll be treated very well here. It was like, you know, like you, they, they love your look. They know we can, we can bring you to the performance center, teach you what we need to teach you. You wouldn't have to spend probably any time on NXT, maybe a little bit, maybe not at all. Probably, probably initially main roster and just like, they're going to treat you like a star. They're going to get like her versus Charlotte on paper is huge. Her versus Bianca is huge. Like, and I even said it like the other week, I predicted that eventually we would get Camille versus Jade because that's one of my main dream matches. I said that would happen in the WWE. And now that's starting to kind of pay fruition a little bit. And Camille's status in the NWA and with her future is a little up in there. So I'm just saying, like, it just kind of makes all the sense in the world, in my opinion, for Jade to be in the WWE, given her relationship with Cody, given how I think the company is going to treat her and the and all the extra stuff, like you said, the 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 potential for her to be a star in movies or dude, once again, living in Atlanta, I've seen her at Hawks games. Like they'll put her up on the big screen. She'll be sitting like courtside at the Hawks. And once again, there's a lot of people that I can, I, you just hear chatter around you and almost everyone's like, who is that? Like, cause they, cause they don't, they don't watch it. A, a lot of people don't watch AEW and they see her on the screen. They're like, who is that? And I see people getting their phones out. And they're like Googling Jade Cargill just on the looks alone. You have a star which is huge. I said that about Will Ospreay too. The women for Will Ospreay, they see him and they go crazy. There's people, when I went to AEW in Atlanta, they got signs that say Will Ospreay is daddy. They're, 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 they're crying and screaming. They didn't see him, they got wrestled. You know, and they're just like, oh my God, I love, you know? So it's like, I, I think Jade just has that it factor, that star factor. And she's very, very good at the stuff she does. And she's not been doing it very long. So that's, that's kind of in a, in a, in a nutshell, how I feel about it too. I think she's actually a perfect fit for the WWE. And I, I, if she's leaving AEW, I expect her in the WWE. Yeah, I don't think she's leaving AEW and then going to like Impact. Uh, Alex, uh, since Super Chat says Raj Gree said on Twitter, he has sources that Jade is staying in AEW. So Raj's actual tweets are, uh, he quote tweeted Sean and says, I'll put it this way, from what I've heard, I'm willing to put good money that she stays with AEW. And then he said again, anyone want to bet that Jade stays with AEW? Raj seems pretty confident that she's going to stay with AEW. I'm going to trust Sean over, over Raj. You know, that's maybe a little bias uh, on my part, but Sean's track record. Yeah. 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 Sean's track record is better than, than Raj's and, and Raj. Some of his opinions. I, I don't know his sources and stuff. Sure. But opinions, I like Raj though, man. Like I, I don't know him very I well, no but, like, but like, but like when I went to like AEW, or so when I, when I went to raw in Atlanta, he randomly hit me up and was like, man, I hope you have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, I got nothing against him either, but I'm, I'm obviously going to always back Sean with his news because his track record, like you said, is speaks for itself. So, and we yeah. work with Fightful. So obviously it's good. It's good to know that like the news is legitimate. That's coming from our, our, our source. So. Will says not saying WWE is way better, but do you think how Tony booked the women helped Jade to move on? I don't think it, 
hurt Jade to move on in, in that sense. Uh, I will say the booking, AEW women's booking, you're going to get what you're, you're going to get. Right? I might have just frozen. You're okay. You're, you're kind of going in and out, but I got you. The uh, the eight of women, you're going to get what you're going to get. We get, we had a four-way last night set up the Grand Slam match. The TBS title just open challenge. About one of like five different open challenges that they're doing. Typically, they don't get one match per show. And maybe one set, maybe a backstage segment. Or they just don't get a lot of time. We, the matches are shorter. Yes, they don't have a loss for long women's matches. I think the okay. Uh, apologies if it's going in and out. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, hopefully I'm here. Now. I can still hear um, you. All right, you're kind of just like kind of your your video is a bit messed up. I think and can everyone see and hear me? Okay, I don't know if it's on my end or your end. Oh, it's on my end. I'll say that right now. Um, it's definitely on my end. Uh, well, hopefully people can can hear me. I'll make in the plan. Come. Well, what I was saying is, like, be, they might not get a whole lot in some of these matches. They do give them some segment, and they do give them just, even if it's a little bit, the women are very good, and as well, are very good at, like, causing the little time to get that to get themselves over. Look at, like, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green doesn't get a lot of time. She's involved in pretty short matches. She gets herself over. Like, that's that's what happens. Um, and the and the bigger stuff, they do get a lot of time. The women even last week with, with Thea and uh, I, I'm apparently just robotic. Go yeah, ahead. no, I got you. Hey, hey, exit, exit the room real quick. I got the chat for a second. Okay. Uh, if you want to come out, come in real quick. But yeah, as Jeremy was saying, like, I mean, the the women on on Raw, yeah, they made evented uh, this this past Monday, and Nia Jax uh, returned to the show. And I've been saying that a lot. You know, um, I I understand the. Uh, I'm going to come over to my square here. I understand that. Um, the, the want for more women's wrestling on AEW television. I totally understand that. Um, and I think that there's, there should be more women's wrestling considering the roster and who's available and all that stuff. But man, if y'all want good women's wrestling, Impact's got a ton of great women's wrestling. Uh, uh, WWE's got a ton of great women's wrestling. The independent scene has a ton of great women's wrestling and a lot of great intergender wrestling. I don't even like using that term, but just so you know, like there's a lot of women wrestling men and stuff like on the indies and even in, in Impact and stuff. So like, there's a lot of AEW should have more women's women's wrestling. I understand the argument 100. But if you're a women's wrestling fan, I mean stardom and, and stuff like there there's a lot of great women's wrestling out there. You just kind of got to seek it outside of AEW right now, unfortunately. Yeah, um, you're a lot better connection by the way. Now. Okay, hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully <laughs> it stays that way. When it comes to, I'll go ahead and read this uh, super chat from Sean. AW seems to think Jade Cargill is joining the NXT brand. If that's true, she debuted at No Mercy. I think she will do a little something in NXT to start, just to kind of get the WWE style a little bit. I think travel might be a thing with her as well. Maybe she does just want to be kind of in one place for a little bit and not have to, you know, again, the, the, kid stuff makes things uh can make things a little complicated there so i could see her starting in nxt i will say this about jade as far as an in-ring performer look i'm not gonna say anything we don't know here when it comes to how she started and how she was green we watched her entire career progress on television we saw her get better some of those early matches are very very rough and she's kind of said it and even uh, somebody like danielson has, has said it who she worked with a lot in AEW. Jade was so much bigger 
than a lot of those women. And when you are that size and you don't have a, a ton of wrestling experience, it can be tough to work with also women who might not be super experienced out there. Like you, you might be having to hit them a little bit harder than, than you're used to, or you got to pull back a little bit more than you're used to because they are just smaller. With WWE, not as much of an issue there. Rhea, you know, Nia's back, Raquel, Charlotte, these are, are bigger women who had, have the size and strength to match with Jade. AEW just didn't have a lot of those people. And so now, and now she can, is more comfortable and she'd be working with more, like if you're going to work with smaller women, now you're working with people who are used to that and Asuka, not afraid uh, or not unused to, you know, working with bigger, bigger women, Kyrie, who's coming back, Becky, obviously. Yeah. EO, Bianca, like they're used to working with bigger women as well. So it's not going to be as much of a little bit of a styles clash that it was for Jade early going on there. So I, she's gonna thrive in WWE if that's where she ends up. They're gonna the star power is there. You look what they've done with Bianca. I know people might talk about Bianca's like booking and everything. Bianca was at the New York Stock Exchange on yeah. on Tuesday with everything. They know she's a star. They put her in all the campaigns. She's on the Connors Cure campaign with Cody. She makes all the the media rounds and stuff they know she is a star maybe it doesn't always translate as far as the booking stuff and i know people get frustrated with that but pay attention to the booking obviously pay attention to what's going on outside of the booking as well who's making the media rounds and everything those are the people they put a lot of trust in and those are the people they know they can count on in those spots yes i agree i totally agree um and, and, and when it comes to Jade, like you're saying, regardless of where she is, she's going to thrive. Whether she stays in AEW, if she stays in AEW, great. Like, she'll wind up being the AEW Women's Champion. She'll still be one of the faces of that company. She goes to WWE, great. I think she's going to thrive. I think she's going to become one of the women's champions there to become one of the faces of the company. Like, she's in a great spot. She's she's still, she got, she got like, she got time on her side as far as, like, age and stuff. She's got the athleticism. She doesn't have like a ton of like miles on her body and stuff to where she's taking like a ton of bumps or anything. Like she's still fresh, like from like a physical perspective and she's only going to keep getting better. So, and I mean, once again, think about how good she's done in AEW against, I mean, there's a, there's some experienced women she wrestled in AEW for sure. But I mean, it's a different level in a lot of, in a lot of ways when you're in front of like the WWE audience and it's like you versus Charlotte, there's just a different dynamic there. And like Charlotte's such a huge star that like, you know, it's just, it is different. And um, I think that, I think that Jade's going to do great wherever she winds up, whether she stays in AEW or she gets to WWE. I'm a big fan. I've, I've made that known pretty much since day one. Um, I, I respect the hell out of what Jade did. Given the position she was put in so quickly, I, I think she's done great. I think she'll continue to do great. Uh, Glassdoor Gamer since I sent a super chat earlier and this will kind of transition into television talk with AEW. Is it me or AEW shows become better pacing and storylines as of late who is behind these changes because they deserve a raise? I think it's just Tony Khan. Honestly, I don't think that anybody has implemented anything too crazy with this. I think when it comes to the pace, to me, there's still been some pacing issues where it still moves very quickly. It's almost a joke, I feel. Like, remember Impact back in the day would always do the to the back because they do a segment and then it'd be to the back. Like, AEW's kind of adopted that. Watch the show last night 
and just after an in-ring segment, count how many times Excalibur says to the back. Mm. There was way more instances than may have originally registered with people because I there was at least two, maybe even three, maybe even four. But like it happened fairly often last night, and it's happened fairly often in in recent weeks. Uh, so I still think in in some aspects there are some pacing issues i do think that the kind of cohesive storytelling has gotten better and i will contribute that to or attribute that i should say uh i will attribute that to cm punk leaving because there is no soft brand split type of thing where it's like oh well we can't touch on this on collision because that's the punk show it can only stay on dynamite. Oh, we can't touch on this on dynamite. Cause that's a collision thing. You're seeing more bleeding of stories into both shows, which I think has helped make both shows be a little bit more cohesive in the overall AEW universe. In one story that I thought was, was very well, um, is the MJF. And this is my spotlight for this week mm-hmm. is the MJF and Samoa Joe story is, you know, they they've told the story for a few weeks now. It's been part of collision with, with Joe kind of, uh you know he's feeding with punk and everything but he's joe's certainly been a big part of collision since the debut episode and then mjf he's been on and off collision every now and again but this this tournament i'm not a fan of tournaments as often as AEW does them i do think Samoa Joe was the right call i do think they've done very well with this storyline mjf using steiner math last night was uh, fantastic. Samoa Joe win- winning again, right call, attacking Adam Cole at the end of the show. You know, after the after the promo where he's like, "I'm going to take everything from you," going after the best friend certainly uh, sends a message to MJF. I'm looking forward to the match next weekend with with Joe and MJF. How about you, Jensen? Yeah, I mean, I think, and we talked about it. I think a little bit probably last week, but with like the shove being like you know the callback to NXT and all that stuff. I think it's cool. I mean, I. There's actually a lot of people I've seen on Twitter that are like, strap up MJF. I'm sorry, sorry, strap up Samoa Joe. Like, just have Samoa Joe win the title. Like, like the, and the MJF and Adam Cole story doesn't need the title. Um, It's actually kind of like more than that. And I'm not saying it's more valuable than the title, but like, there's just, the title's not really necessary to the story at this point between the two of them. But um, I expect MJF to retain, especially with it being, it's on, it's, it's in New York, right? It's a grand yeah. slam. So, um, but and I, and I also really want to see MJF versus Roderick Strong one-on-one. They've built that whole scenario really well, too. So I think there's more with MJF with that title. But I like the way they built Samoa Joe a lot. Um, you know, and of course, you know, Joe just lost to CM Punk at All In and everything. So, like, the, the, the booking of Joe, like, winning and losing matches is really inconsistent in AEW. But, like they've kept his character very interesting and strong, like even throughout the losses and stuff. And Samoa Joe is a made man regardless. I mean, he's Samoa Joe. He's a legend. So I, but I, I like this. I, I think, I think it makes sense to do Joe and MJF. Um, I think it's a great title defense for MJF. And if Joe somehow won this thing, I'm not gonna really be that mad about it. Cause like it's still Samoa Joe. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like I, I, uh, I really honestly didn't know who was going to win the match last night between Roddy and Samoa Joe, because like both stories make sense for MJF to wrestle either of those guys. But considering like the quick buildup between MJF and Samoa Joe, I kind of, I was kind of guessing that's probably where it's going to be heading for Grand Slam. And uh, so, yeah, I think it all made sense, but I'm, I'm with you. I think AEW does too many uh, tournaments and stuff like that. Like there's probably other ways it can, but you know, I get it. Tony's a big wrestling fan. He's probably, he probably sat on WWF no mercy for, you know, a trillion hours. You know, he probably still plays it. 
and he sits there and does the tournament modes and stuff. And he's like, okay, I can do all my favorite guys now and just put that on TV. So, um, so yeah, that's how I feel about it. I'm, I think, I think it'll be a really, really good match. I mean, this is where it comes down to the, the storytelling stuff is you can only get by with, with tournaments, battle Royals, open challenges for so long They they have done a good job of bleeding the tournament into an actual story with Joe and yes. MJF and an actual story with Roddy and Cole and MJF uh, with that. And the tournament was just kind of a way to get there to the match, to justify doing the match. Do you always need to do a tournament to justify that? No, just you can do the match. I don't think people are going to be super upset. Like it yeah. is Joe defeating. I think defeating Roddy is one thing, but him getting a win over Jeff Hardy and Penta. It's like, oh, we really buy Samoa Joe now because he won this tournament. Let's give him wins. Just have him win these matches anyway. It's fine. Uh, but th- that's what, at least in this instance, the tournament was a backdrop for, you know, and same thing with the four-way match. Last night, uh, the women's four-way. It's like, it's Tony and Soraya. Okay, how do we get there? Just do a number one contenders four-way. The same kind of thing we've been doing. Do a tournament to get to a four-way. How we did going into all-in. Like, it's backdrop to justify the match that they're already building to anyway. Yes, you're you're 1,000% right about that. And I think that's just Tony Khan... Not necessarily needing to like get out of his own way, but like it's it's just it's a philosophy in like in booking where they were very married to the idea of like the ranking system and number contenderships and that kind of stuff. And I think that's still kind of like where that comes from for Tony is like, okay, it makes perfect sense. The storyline's there for Tony Storm and Soraya. The storyline's already there for Samoa Joe and MJF. Um, you could just do those matches, and that's what the WWE would really probably do. It's just like the feud's there. That's like 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 uh, I will. Shinsuke Nakamura had to win a number one contender match as well, technically. But that story was way more about him just attacking. He? I no, think he, he, he Oh no, no he, he just attacked him after a match. That's right. Yeah, he just they had a match Rollins. together. And then he, you're right. I thought it was a match. He they did a he had just attacked him after they didn't like a tag team match. Yeah, they tag match. Like Nakamura attacked him. Rollins is like, Why'd you attack me if you wanted a title shot? Just ask. You're Nakamura's right. like, okay, you're back. And then that was the story. Okay, yeah, good call. Good call. I just remember the visual of him like Kinshawing Seth at the end of Raw. Um and that's right. So anyway, so that's kind of to this to, to your exact point is like you really didn't need to do anything beyond that. The story's just there, and you just do that match. But I think in Tony's mind, he's still like sports wise, on paper and everything, it just doesn't make sense. Like they got to win that match to become the contender. But I'm with you. They don't necessarily need to do any of that. I think Tony just has that kind of like philosophy in his mind, kind of like along with like kind of how the rankings used to work and stuff. I think sometimes it can cloud the actual booking that's going on, which is an issue. I agree. Because people are so focused on, why are we doing another tournament? Why are we doing another battle royal? Why are we doing, look, the open challenge thing's got to kind of, we got to tone that down a little bit. Or make that like one title is like, maybe like the one title, like the TNT title. When that was like open challenges, that was the only one. Like like the US title team was doing it. You know, now it's the TBS, the international and FTR, the tag team titles, like right. you literally have three titles that are open challenge. Josh Woods is doing an open challenge on ROH for for people who are watching that show. Like that one, we can tone down the tournaments and the battle royals. Again, they're they're a way to justify a match for a story you're already doing. But I think because then people become so focused on that, people forget that there is kind of an actual story going on, and so it's they're just they'd rather just complain about more tournaments and more battle royals which i understand i get there's too many of them but they are just a backdrop for justifying 
a match. Um, do you want to talk about Jericho and, and Sammy? I'll just talk uh, just very briefly. I'll just bring it up because it was one of the topics we were going to talk about, but the Jade news obviously is way more important. I just want to throw out there real quick that I'm I'm looking forward to Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho at Grand Slam next week. They've been building this matchup for the better. I mean, since day one of AW Dynamite, um, I think the time's now to just like Sammy just needs to beat him. And I like that Jericho acknowledged that like all oh, this is about Sammy eventually beating him, but he doesn't feel like the time is right just yet for that to happen. So it's it's inevitable. Um, and I you know we would have elaborated on it more the if there wasn't bigger news this week. But that's all I really wanted to say about it was I'm looking forward to Jericho versus Sammy because it's been built for the last you know four years or whatever. And I think it's going to be a really good match. I think Jericho will probably somehow win this one and it'll like prolong the feud and Samuel oh, eventually that's beat what him. We need. But I'm just saying, cause like based on the track record, that's usually what's been happening with Jericho and his AEW storylines. Um, but anyway, I think it's good that it looks like they're finally going to event. It Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards. As we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Looks like they're they're in the direction now of eventually, like finally, like Sammy getting that win over Jericho and paying this whole thing off. It's been going on since day one of Dynamite. You can move on to the next topic. Oh, I, I, I didn't like the segment last night, and I don't care about the match. That's okay. There you go. On it, <laughs> Jensen's Jericho bias is showing right there. Well, I didn't like the segment that much last night either, but I like that they're finally gonna like pay off a story that they've been start that they started on the first episode of Dynamite four years ago. Right. We'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Uh, Impact 1000 is tonight and next week as well. It was across two nights. It has been taped. If you do not want spoilers, uh, feel free to close your ears, shut your eyes, whatever you, you need to do to, to not get Impact 1000 spoilers. We're not going to, I don't think we're really going to spoil too much. Honestly, we're just going to kind of generally talk about the the card and some of the returns, which they've announced uh, a few of them anyway, uh, like Team 3D seeing them back in the ring back together Devon coming off of the the surgery and and everything like it, it'd be good to see him back in the actual wrestling ring uh America's most wanted is going to be there um you seem very excited about America's most wanted Jensen. dude i love man i love seeing wildcat chris harris involved man like he was a he was an unsung hero of those early tna days like he was he really was being positioned to be like the Shawn michaels or like the the edge kind of a death blasphemy at this point with christian rules but um but like you, you could tell because like I, i'm sure you remember like chris harris they tried to elevate into like the world title scene right out of amw and stuff and james storm they didn't really seem like they had those kind of plans for, <clears throat> excuse me seemed like they had those kind of plans for james storm eventually wound up being the true star of the group long term but <clears throat> i uh the Braden walker thing knock knock who's there Braden walker <laughs> um <clears throat> so but i i, I honestly like Chris Harris should have never left TNA to begin with. That was a giant flub on his, on his end, leaving and doing that ECW thing in WWE. But yeah, I don't know. That's why I was kind of marking out there. Cause like, I, I just, I, I, I thought America was with water was an incredible tag team. And like Chris Harris just completely fell off after he left. Um, so it's cool to see them together. I know they've done a little bit in like recent years where he'd pop up really briefly on the impact to help James storm and stuff. So I, I think, I think that's cool. Nostalgia, nostalgia wise. 
they they got an ultimate x match they have a feast or fired <laughs> match which uh will be interesting to see who gets the pink slip on that one uh gail kim is is back in the ring awesome kong is back in the ring the the beautiful people at least angelina love back in an impact ring she's been doing stuff with with nwa it'll be good to see them pay tribute to to the knockouts and all the all the things the knockouts have done with gail kim and awesome kong being back in the ring for that um yeah and then there's there's some other surprises we will not spoil we won't spoil any of the results either but impact made it to a thousand episodes it looked very shaky uh numerous times throughout the years that they would make it this far i know it's easy to make fun of impact of like they're just around hanging on i think we've, we've said it a lot it, you know i do the show with joel pearl he does the impact review mm-hmm. impact does good stuff impact has found a nice little niche audience uh and a nice little home for people to kind of continue to practice hone their craft and maybe they take it to the next level or maybe they're just happy being there with the creativity and the the freedom that they have in impact but there's nothing wrong with just having more options in the world of wrestling. There's nothing wrong with having more television options in the world of wrestling. And the fact that impact has lasted this long when many people didn't see it, they've had a lot of highs. They've had some lows, some pretty big lows, but you know, a lot of highs, a lot of people have come through uh, impact and good on them for making, making it to a thousand episodes. I do hope, and this is again, not a spoiler because this was not part of the tapings. I hope we get some type of video packages from people who are, you know, in WWE or AEW, just a a congratulatory thing. Maybe they don't want to do that, which I kind of, I can get that too. But I I hope if they do want to do that, that they are able to, and that they can get somebody, you know, AJ, I think sent in the video for like, it was like a slammiversary. Um, Yeah. I would like to see like Abyss, Chris Park send in something. Again, impact. Uh, there's a there's a good number of impact people in AEW now. I'd like to maybe Sting send something in. Like I I hope that that maybe happened. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett uh, send something in. Obviously, you can't forget about him. Like I hope we get some video packages if that's a route they decide to go. I agree. I agree. I mean, and like you said, there's a lot of great stuff going on in Impact. You know, I uh, four times a year I I cover Impact for uh oh, so I do like spoilers and stuff like that for the weekender, but um, like for instance, I've already talked about Impact 1000 on the weekender when uh, the results dropped. But um, I do the the post shows with Joel, and usually Cresta if she's not double booked. But we do the, you know the the post shows for the pay per views for Impact together, and I I love doing those because I love jumping back into the Impact space and like see where things are at and who's getting pushed and who isn't, and like kind of getting caught up on all the storylines and everything. And I think they have a lot of great talent. Like I've been saying for a minute, like one of my favorite tag teams in all of wrestling is MK Ultra, Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly. And they're the Impact Knockout Side Champions. You know, like that's a great place to see some awesome women's wrestling right there. Um, and uh, the Feast or Fired thing is, I, I hate that concept. It's such a <laughs> bad idea. Driving a briefcase that you could potentially get fired for holding. Um, it's got to take the risk, you know? Do you, you want to grab it or not? Do you want to take the shot at maybe getting a title title match? That's the worst business decision of all time. If that was a real thing in a real company that someone would be willing to get rid of like a giant asset for their company based on the random luck of grabbing the wrong briefcase is such, it's so silly. <laughs> um, but anyway, but you're right. Like I, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm very glad that impact is, it still exists. Um, I'm glad that they're doing their thing. It's a place for wrestlers to work. It's a, it's a place for wrestlers just to continue to get their names out there and, and, you know, be on television and, you know, social media and all that stuff. Like, so 
and they, there's a lot of good matches at impact i, I legitimately think their pay-per-views are worth always watching their their four year i think are always worth t- tuning into um and their weekly show i think is good still it's just like there's a lot a lot of wrestling every week i know not everyone can watch everything but um you know josh alexander i think is amazing uh he's one of their top guys i think him and alex shelley coming up at bound for glory is going to be going to be great that's not a spoiler by the way we know that that's you know that's where that's heading right that's that's all common knowledge based on the technically a spoiler is it technically a spoiler yeah i mean everyone pretty much figured and assumed when alexander beat macklin at victory okay, right because that was the whole thing right it was like the winner of that i thought everyone knew the winner of that was gonna get a title shot i, I, mean, I guess maybe that wasn't i don't made... think it was like promoted as a number one contenders match sorry for spoiling that y'all I, was... I legitimately thought it was common knowledge that whoever won that match was going to be getting a title shot it like, was I... very heavily imp- implied and and presumed again if, if you want to get technical technically a a spoiler because it has not been officially announced uh by the company but otherwise yeah and, uh, well even the writing was fair, on the wall with that to one. be fair even the spoilers i'm reading i don't know if it's even technically announced on what i'm reading to be completely honest i just know that alexander is calling out shelly wanting a title shot about the glory that's all i right. actually that's all i actually know is alexander's challenge he wants a shot at shelly at bound for glory um i'm assuming that that will happen because it makes that's the only thing that makes sense yeah. but um but uh but anyway i think impact's got a lot of really good stuff going on it'll be cool seeing all those uh former knockouts coming in and stuff too and also um i don't know if you mentioned uh tracy tracy being inducted yeah so she's gonna yeah, tracy being inducted in the tna hall of fame or the impact hall of fame rather um she's you know day one you know legend of the company so and also of course you know with uh with kazarian and he's obviously a big part of the company so like it's really cool good stuff for impact uh, so everyone can check out Impact 1000 tonight, uh, part one, yes, on Axis uh, at 8 o'clock, and then check out the post show with uh, Joel and Cresta tonight as well. That'll, they'll be on about 10 o'clock uh, here, right here, youtube.com slash Fightful. Check them out. Say, say nice things about Cresta. Say mean things to Joel if you stick around for that. Last spot, Jensen. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. My... Mm-hmm. Spotlight, we will save your live experience in Deep South for last. My indie spotlight is Daniel Garcia against Titus Alexander from West Coast Pro, uh, from West Coast with Love. This is on YouTube. I think they've actually pulled the video. They have, but like there's a workaround. I don't know how much they want this out there, but if you go on Twitter right now and you and you go, if you find out what the hashtag was for the show on Twitter mm-hmm. and you find the YouTube links for the night that when they were tweeting it, I may or may not have been able to watch the show last night. So I'm just, I'm just going to say, but it, but it is unlisted. If you just go to their, if you just go to their YouTube channel, it's not, it's not there, but I, you should still be able to watch it. I think if you, and I, I'm sorry, West coast pro, if that's bad for me to put that out there, but like, we want people to watch your show and know what we're talking about. and promote Yeah. It, so I was, I, I tried watching it. I had a different workaround, um, but I tried, I tried going to their YouTube page last night to, to watch the match and it was no longer there. I was like, I know this was here. I did the results for this show. I, I know that it was up there and it wasn't there. So I was a little disappointed, um, but I, found my own it was archived elsewhere i will say and then so i was able to to watch it through there 30 minute time limit draw between daniel garcia and and titus alexander we've had titus on the show before we both think very very highly of him seeing daniel garcia being able to do these longer matches i mean people in AEW know him in in AEW, and he's like come a very long way as a oh so good 
So good. He did Titus that when he was he's... doing that to him. Titus yeah. had him like like a, like a power bomb position. Like it was like yeah. Titus, oh, well, Garcia was doing it too. He was going for the, for the pile driver. Um, right. Yeah, it was. Uh, Garcia is so good is now a sports entertainer. But this was a nice reminder that Daniel Garcia is also still like an excellent professional wrestler that we don't often see as much in AEW because he just doesn't have these longer matches. Uh, if you can find the match, if you can go out of your way to see it. Please do. I assume they will run this back because you. I don't think well, yeah. Chris Hero is in charge of, of West Coast Pro when it comes to like booking and everything. I assume AEW probably didn't want like, hey, let's have Daniel Garcia take this loss. But I think they might be okay with it as, hey, let's get two matches out of this and maybe he'll take the loss later. Or maybe he'll win the damn title for all we know. Uh, but cool. they have a good relationship with West Coast Pro. One, because talent works there fairly often. And two, Chris Hero is involved with the promotion as well. Yes, for sure. And, and, and it, I believe their next advertised title match is going to be Starboy Charlie taking on Titus for that title, which they kind of set up even more last on that last show. Because after the match, um, like uh, Kevin Blackwood and Angels came out and attacked um, Garcia and then Starboy and some of like the West Coast pro people came out to, for the save and Starboy Powell drove um, Titus after the match and stuff. And I think that's the next match. But I, I, I'm gonna guess that Titus will retain over Starboy. That'll be a great match, though. And I think they, I think they will come back to Garcia versus, versus Titus for that title because clearly the story isn't finished, finished there. Um, also off topic, but to impact, I just want to put this out there too, just on the screen. R.I.P. Don West. I love Don West. My favorite commentary team in the history of wrestling is Don West and Mike Tanay. Like no joke, they're my favorite all time uh, commentary duo. Um, and I want to throw that out there too with Impact 1000 coming up soon. RP to, to the legend Don West. I used to watch him watch him slinging baseball cards on on Home Shopping Network before he was even in wrestling. So, not serious love for Don. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, we talked about Don West uh, when he unfortunately passed away yeah. uh, earlier this year, but he is going into the Impact Hall of Fame as well with with uh, Mike Tanay. That was announced at Victory Road. Um, Love it. Yeah, Daniel Garcia and and Titus Alexander, if you can find it, uh, Jensen kind of mentioned a workaround. There's other places out there uh, that you could possibly find that at. Go out of your way to check it out. Everyone who, who knows me knows I don't like long wrestling matches, 12 to 18. That's the sweet spot. But this was a very good 30-minute match that didn't quite feel like 30 minutes, so I always appreciate that. Jensen, last one, your indie spotlight. You were at Deep South this past weekend uh got some interviews got to check some things out how was that it was a great time um kind of a spoiler alert because this hasn't aired yet but skrilla the great uh became the new deep south champion i think that's the first champion that they've crowned excuse me since like 2007 so really good there really cool show a lot of people came out to the to the event it was at a place called dots barbecue and they it's a barbecue uh shot or uh barbecue restaurant and like the whole outside, they have like this huge patio area and they put a ring out there and uh, they had like concessions and stuff. It was a, it was a really cool event and I'm planning to go to the next one as well. Like, I think it's going to be a regular thing at that, at that place. Um, I got to talk to Nick Patrick, who's the owner of Deep South. He took the company over, his, his father, a lot of people don't know, his father's Jody Hamilton, the, the assassin who who founded ov or sorry ov i always mix up ovw and deep south because they were both WWE developmental at one time the jody hamilton started deep south and now his son nick patrick who most people know is the heel referee in the nwo back in wcw he he now runs the company so it's 
it's really cool that he revived it and his dad started it. And um, Nick Patrick was an incredibly nice guy. Like we talked for like 10 minutes in our interview and we could have gone easily longer. Um, I talked to Gemma Jules also, who's a girl who she's been wrestling for a few years now, but I actually knew her. We have a lot of mutual friends. We're from the same area. So I actually knew her before she even started training. So I've gotten to talk to her throughout her whole career as far as like when she started training, when she started getting matches and stuff like that. So it was cool catching up with her. Got an interview with Naja Sism, who's an up-and-coming wrestler, who I've been seeing a little bit here and there around the scene, killing it at, uh, at Deep South. Um, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker was there. I, I shook his hand, and he was, like, super, like, gentle and, like, kind. And I was, like, just thinking, I was like, man, this guy, the stories that the people have of this guy running them out of the WWE power plant, you know. Teddy Long was there, and, I mean, there was, there was just – it was really cool. Eric Bischoff was there. It was really cool seeing – uh all these like legends like congregating together to help out this company and to be there like for nick and stuff and for the new talent you know, the, the new kids that are either training or like you know have become regular parts of you know the company and stuff so um i really enjoyed my experience there if you want to know more about that um some of the articles have started coming up on fightful.com um i i'd imagine the audio will be up somewhere maybe at some point i, I don't know how it's all going to work but it's all been sent over to fightful so hope we all can hear that stuff or see the articles and uh, learn a bit more about deep South and kind of the talent involved right now. And, uh, and yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a really great experience. I, I appreciate uh, Gemma Jules, my friend Zoe Walker, Gemma Jules for, uh, for inviting me out there and then being so accommodating and giving me the time to, to interview people and hang out during the show and stuff. So I uh, thank you to deep South wrestling. And I think that it's something people should keep their eyes on, you know, deep South uh, was revived just, you know, you know, recently and, you know, they're doing good things. They, they had a really good show and it was stuff I wasn't expecting. There was guys hitting like Spanish flies through tables and stuff. And I was like, I didn't, when I thought deep South wrestling, I didn't think like current modern day indie, super indie wrestling. Right. And like, there was a lot of that. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I think people should, should be paying attention to what deep South's doing. There you go. Uh, you can check that out when it's, uh, when it's available and, uh, yeah, Jensen uh, sent some interviews. You can go. You can sign up to Fightful Select. That's five dollars in the business. Uh, you can sign up to Fightful Select. Listen to all those interviews. We also have articles coming out on the those interviews as well. I think one of them, the Nick Patrick, one of the Nick Patrick one ones, ran so far. Yesterday. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, the other ones are done. We're just waiting for the right time to to schedule them, get them out there. But cool, plenty of coverage from that. All right, Jensen, I know you got to run. Let everybody know where you can find where they can find you at. Yes, y'all can find me on Twitter or on X at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Use code fight talk. All is one word, no spaces on independent wrestling TV or I TV out live. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, the fightful select week under podcast. It's every Sunday, sometimes on Mondays, but usually Sundays um, over at fightfulselect.com. <clears throat> when I do that show is dependent on the NFL schedule. The Vikings are playing tonight. So like, I'll probably do the show probably like Sunday afternoon or Sunday, maybe late early evening. But um, that's my last thing I'll say. I'll leave the show today by saying skull Vikings. They got a game tonight with it being Thursday. You're going to see me wearing the same exact Jersey in the interview that we pre-recorded because I am all JJ out. Justin Jefferson, skull Vikings. Let's go. Good to see everyone in the chat. Good to see you, Jeremy. Hope everyone has a great day, great weekend. And enjoy this interview you're about to hear with me, Jeremy, and Shannon Thomas, Limitless Champion. There you go. Thanks, Jensen. Enjoy the rest of your day. Good luck to the Vikings tonight. I'll be uh, watching and just watching and play some bets on it. Uh, got, got some bets going. See what happens. Do you, have the, do you have the video, Jeremy, for the interview? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it got dropped when I uh, exited out. But I just I, wanted to make sure you didn't need me for that before I bounced. No, no, okay, cool. No. See you, Jeremy. See you, chat. Thanks, buddy. School Vikings.
All right, everyone, let's get to it. Uh, Channing Thomas joined us in the creator spotlight. He is the limitless world champion. He won that title after winning the Vacation Land Cup. Uh, big night for Channing. So we touch on that. We we talk about John Moxley. Uh, Channing had John Moxley's first independent match back after Moxley was in rehab uh, last year. Now at this point, right? He he came out and at the beginning of 2020 or 2022 sorry uh so yeah he was uh john moxley's first independent match second match overall back from from moxley coming out of rehab so we talked about uh that working with moxley and how much respect he has for moxley we talked about john alba getting punched in the face things like that so a lot of fun stuff with with channing stick around for the the whole thing uh very fun conversation very fun hypothetical question at the end of the interview that I think people will hopefully uh, enjoy as we have a very fascinating conversation on a hypothetical that'll never happen, but it'll make you think everybody. It'll make you think. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Limitless world champion Channing Thomas. Welcome to the creator spotlight, the interview portion of the spotlight here on fight pool. I'm Steven Jensen, as always joined by Jeremy Lambert. And our guest today is the limitless world champion, World class, Channing Thomas. That sounds great. Can you say that again? <laughs> the limitless world champion, world class, Channing Thomas. Oh, now I don't. Thank you. Thank I, I'm you. no. I'm no Sydney Bacabella, but you know, I'll still give you a. You know, I'll still give you a decent intro. It warms my heart every time someone says it. <laughs> well, Channing, well deserved. Welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I am doing very well, guys. How are you all? Doing, great. doing well, doing well. Good, good, uh, good afternoon, good, good evening over here yeah. in Atlanta. Where are you located out of Channing? Boston. Boston. Yeah. Let, let's get right into the Jensen mission off the top, the Limitless World title. Uh, big night at Vacation Land uh, for mm. the Vacation Land Cup. You competed in the tournament, defeated Ichiban in the first round, won the four-way against Alec Price, Becca, Desmond Cole, and then immediately going into the match against Rip Bison to take the title recap that night and everything that that went into you know just winning the tournament and winning the title i i like the ending the best so we'll save the best for last so it started off wrestling ichiban in the first round now ichiban's no slouch he's a k1 champion a wrestling open champion and he goes up and down the east coast just like a lot of the competitors in the vacation land cup do um so he's no slouch but i took him on in the first round um, beat him pretty, pretty handedly hit him with my deal, the pile driver. Um, but man, he is one hell of a talent. Ichiban, he is definitely not a slouch. And, uh, I loved, loved beating him. Um, and then we moved to the fatal four way. Another, uh, Becca, basic Becca. I call her basic Becca, but international pop star Becca. Big Bufa, Desmond Cole, another guy. He's kind of been coming up the ranks recently, I feel. Um, but I feel like he kind of made his name in Limitless almost. And then, of course, the IWTV World Champion, the Northeast Beast, the Prize City OG, Alec Price. Um, fun little fact about that match. Myself, Alec Price, and Becca all trained, all started training at the same school. So it's kind of like a homecoming for us all, you know. Um, but that might be one of my favorite matches I've ever had because just like the people involved in it and the outcome and just how exciting and entertainment was. Um, that was a great, great, fun match. I, I um, advise people to watch it. But 
the entree, or maybe even the dessert, actually, because this wasn't advertised. But Rip Bison's going to Japan. He might already be in Japan right now as we speak. I think he was in Alaska yesterday. So Rip Bison was going to Japan, and he won the Limitless Wrestling World Championship, Sweet Lucille. And he wants to be a fighting champion. He wants to defend it around the world. Well, he's going to have to defend it in the house that Channing Thomas built, Limitless Wrestling. I wasn't going to let him walk away from a fight. And, you know, he's kind of dumb. He's a little silly, a little stupid. He fell right into our trap. And that's why Channing Thomas is now your Limitless Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. Sweet Lucille. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a, it was a great night. I mean, what, what's it feel like? I mean, obviously, you, you're very proud to be the Limitless Champion. Very, you soaked in the intro when we announced yeah. it just a moment ago. Um, there's a prestigious list of champions for that title. I mean, sure. when you look through, I mean, the first champion being MJF, you see where he's at nowadays. Um, Anthony Green, world champion, of course, Chris, 90,000 people. Absolutely. Yeah, Christian Casanova on that list, who people may know as Carmelo Hayes, doing yeah. very well for himself. Yeah. Um, Dana Garcia, I mean, Alec Price, the current IWTV champion, as you mentioned. Big for title sure. change, of course, with Beef losing to Rip Bison, which was unexpected, and you, you know, becoming the champion afterwards. So, well, what's it like being on uh, this list? I, and that's that's just, you know, that's how you mentioned everybody. I mean, yeah. just to be like in, in that kind of company with so many, you know, great names that have done so much, you know, that are former champions. For sure. I mean, you even mentioned Anthony Green, who's doing a stint in Noah. His, it may be, I think, his third stint in Noah currently. And Ace Romero, former yeah. uh, Impact superstar, which is awesome, too. So really a who's who. All across the industry, you got guys in Japan going to Japan. You got guys that are prominent on the indies. You got guys in WWE. You got your guys in AEW. So, like, just the the prestige, um, the amount of superstars, the amount of class that has held that championship, it's truly remarkable. And it's kind of um, it's awe inspiring when I look at it. You know, just to be in the same. Uh, in, mentioned in the same breath of those guys, you know, uh, it's truly an honor. Yeah. Now this is kind of a perfect segue. Speaking of, you know, the prestige and being prestigious, we had a, a, a I'm actually going to take one of Jeremy's bits from him right now. I actually had a, a, a write-in. Somebody wrote, wrote in a question for you on today's show. Really? It was, yeah. It was a Jay Alba. And okay. He, I love and, John. And, and he, and he said something, uh, he wanted me to ask, what was it? What, what's it like to have John Alba as the best manager in the world? I mean, <laughs> the question was from Jay Alba, or or is that no? That's that's a little too on the nose. Or is it John A? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. There you go. There. You know, I got to hand it to John. Um, he saw something in me. He saw something in Mac Daniels. He saw something in BRG. Um, and he kind of like brought us into the fold at Limitless. And I think that got people to care about all three of us um, first as a group and then as individuals, as the, uh, as we progressed in our career. So I really do have to give a lot of credit to John Alba, but best manager in the world. I don't <laughs> know if I can say that at this point when I'm currently aligned with Cindy Bacabella, who handles a lot of my financials. So yeah, that was a big moment in in uh, Limitless when uh, you and John had your big falling out there, and uh, I mean that was 
Yeah, that was unexpected when that happened. And speaking of Anthony Green, that was the match with Anthony Green we were talking about. Yeah, yes. I love that match too. I thought like that was almost like a coming out party for me against Anthony Green um, with John in my corner. Uh, the stakes of that match, the stipulation was that John wasn't able to make a few shows with us. So I said, John, you're either with me or you're against me. You're in my corner or you're not. And he, he, I got to admit, he did show up that day, but Channing Thomas had a brighter pastures. Okay, we, we can't we can't praise John Alba anymore. The real question when it comes to John Alba, how punchable is that man's face? Oh, my God. <laughs> you just want to, like, jab, jab, right hand, you know, everything. All day. All day. One, two, three. <laughs> just Probably one of the most punchable faces out there. If he was, like, an – if he wanted to, like, commit full-time to being a wrestling villain – he would be the perfect wrestling villain because you just want to beat him up. His hairs are so perfect too. It, the way crazy, like, isn't it? it, it does have move. nice hair. It yeah. doesn't move. I've kissed his hair before. Really? I've, <laughs> yes, I've actually kissed it. Yeah. Well, just you we were, we were on that or? <laughs> oh, we were doing karaoke and it was it was the first time I, I met Alba and yeah. look, he's got beautiful hair. I got I gotta well, admit that. So I just gave it a nice little kiss. What were you singing? Is the real oh, question. I sing Taylor Swift. I, I Taylor sing Shake Swift. It Off. By, yeah, yeah. Take It Off the fun song to sing a karaoke, I guess. Oh, yeah, see? That, I mean, look, I'm a yeah. Taylor Swift fan. Like, it doesn't have to be Shake It Off, but that's my karaoke go-to. We we had a big group. Alba got up there and sang uh, Friends in Low Places with, with myself, Connor Casey, uh, Alba, and Sean Ross Sapp. And then Alba also sang, I'm sure it was a Bruce Springsteen song. He'll yell at me for not yeah. knowing any of this stuff. Yeah, he just saw Bruce the other week. He saw him back-to-back nights, I think. That's all he does. He stalks Bruce. That's 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 his life now. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Channing, let us know how you got started in wrestling. You mentioned you came up a little bit with uh, like Alec Price, but how how did you kind of get started in in the world of professional wrestling? So there is a very reputable school named the Chaotic Training Center that I did not go to. They had <laughs> <laughs> they had a um they had an open house, and I just missed it by like a week. So I went to Wikipedia and I looked up all the wrestling promotions in my area and I just sent a bunch of messages until one of them responded. And uh, this place called UFO Wrestling, a guy named Pat Dillon responded. He said, come to the Belton Club, which is a school run by Bo Douglas and at the time uh, this masked man named Toto Loco. And they kind of train you in like this old school type of way. You know, you get – you, you, you get made tough. You get – you learn respect. You learn etiquette. And I really – Honestly, I truly believe why I've been able to kind of survive in this business for so long is because of that etiquette and that hardening up that uh, they did to us. Um, And I am so grateful and appreciative of everything that those two people have done for me. Um, It's just made me into a different type of person when I first started. I was a boy and now I'm a little bit more of a man. So I've seen a lot, you know, I've been wrestling for like seven years at this point. So it, it wears on you for sure, but uh, you got to tough it out. It's one of the most important things. This isn't uh, this isn't ballet. That's what they say, right? Who were some of like your favorite wrestlers, like as a fan before you got into wrestling? Because um, I, I see like certain like influences in your style and kind of your presentation and stuff. And I'm curious as to kind of like where that all kind of comes from. For sure, one of my all time favorite wrestlers is Mr. Perfect. Um, like. He is the perfect wrestler, the perfect man, the perfect promo. 
just everything he does kind of has a little swagger to him. And I really love that. Um, when I was growing up, obviously you got John Cena, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio are kind of your big three for the people that, uh, grew up during that ruthless aggression era. Um, and then when I was like watching a lot of, um, not indie wrestling, cause I don't really consider it indie wrestling, but I was watching a lot of ring of honor when I first started training. And like one of my favorite guys to watch was, uh, Jay Lethal because I watched him in TNA back in the day and he was just he was awesome in Ring of Honor like feuding with the Bullet Club so uh, tell us about your your AEW experiences you, you've done a couple shots with uh, Dark Dark Elevation what were those uh, experiences like um, I love doing stuff like that I always love to see how uh, almost like how the the pudding is made how the how the food's made you know what I'm saying um the inner workings of the machine behind the scenes. I, it's always so awe-inspiring to just see how many hands and how many different people that, you know, you see your TV stars um, and you know those guys are there, but like then you forget like how many people are just running around making sure the ship goes. And it's always so awe-inspiring to watch. So um, yeah, I did a couple of trios matches um, for AEW Dark. Uh, I wrestled Matt Hardy in Private Party, who I've wrestled a few times on some independent shots at Northeast wrestling. So that was kind of cool to kind of bring that match from Northeast to AEW, um, wrestled the factory QT Marshall. Um, and I, I got to wrestle Roosh in, uh, the blade in the, uh, the butcher and the blade, excuse me. So I've got to kind of, you know, I've got thrown into the fire and I've got to wrestle a lot of different people there. So, it's always cool. It's always cool wrestling people who grew up watching to uh, wrestling Matt Hardy, you know. Did, any, did uh, you get oh, any, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. I was saying, did you get any advice from, from anybody? My... Uh, we've, we've had people on the show who have said like, Matt, Matt will give them, Matt Hardy uh, is very good about like giving advice. So because you were in the ring with him, did you get any advice from him or anybody else? Not that I can't remember. Not um, if I got anything that day, I did get some, um, advice just from Matt Hardy um, when we were working on the independence and it was just kind of, you know, stick to like your basic fundamental stuff because that's the most important stuff. Have that have that framework set and build on that framework and I always and I've always kind of uh, tried to stay true to that even before he said that but just hearing it from a guy that's made so much money in our industry just harp on that really puts it home how important it is. Um, someone, someone we mentioned uh, earlier was Alec Price, and you had a match with him recently. I know you've had quite a few matches with him, but yeah. I thought it was really cool that they recently did you as the Limitless Champion taking on him as the IWTV Champion at the live one-year anniversary show. Yeah. And um, that one ended in DQ. Um, I'm not going to lie. You weren't in the best position there. Like, it looked like he was in a pretty good spot, but he did not officially beat you that night. I mean, it was by DQ. You know, I feel like there's room there for, for more. And I wanted to know your experience, I guess, for that match against Alec. And then I also wanted you to elaborate on your uh, relationship with Sidney Bacabella because I feel like y'all are a really good pair together. Yes. Um, we'll start with Alec because me and Alec have like a very storied history. Um, so like I said, I started with Alec Price. Um, he probably started a f like a couple of months after um, I did as far as like training goes. So me and him have been wrestling legit probably – against each other for six or seven years at this point we've done we did an hour-long Ironman match last year at wrestling open 
um, earlier this year, wrestling open. Holy, oh my God, 2023. Um, he actually busted me open like four years ago before the pandemic started and I had to get stitches in uh, two places on my face. So every time I get in the ring with Alec, it's a chance to kind of just, you know, just give him a, just give him a little bit, you know, he's, I look at him like almost like a little brother and I just want to like give him a noogie, smack him around a little bit. And he just wants to give it back to me. So um, Alec recently won the IWTV championship at American Rana. And then, two weeks later I won the limitless wrestling championship. So it just kind of, it just kind of came together. He wanted what I had. I wanted what he had. He's had what I have. I haven't had what he's had, you know? So uh, my greed kind of got the best of me that day, I'd say, um, because I probably could have had an IWTV title match with ha- about having to put on the limitless wrestling belt. But sometimes like you got prize city OG versus world-class and it, it's just the stakes the feeling, the emotion of it is so much, so important. And you just know you're kind of making history in that moment when you're doing that. So I think in the back of my head, I was just really focused on making history that day. Understood. Um, yeah. And as far as Sydney Bacabella goes, this, this man has seen so much in his storied career. Um, he has all the oldest and some of some of them are pretty dirty he knows all the the tricks of the trade all the shortcuts he knows when something's gonna work when something isn't gonna work when something could perhaps work in given scenarios the guy is literally an encyclopedia of professional wrestling knowledge and he's an excellent chef as well sometimes i go over his house and he makes me steak while we watch old tape back together. Um, he has really done wonders for my career the last two years. And we are going to continue to expand on that in uh, 2024 and beyond. So I'm just that relationship has been um, such a strong relationship for me the last couple of years. He saw me in, in, at an independent show about five years ago and gave me a task that he knew was kind of dumb, but he wanted to see if I would follow through with it and do it because he told me, and I did. And uh, that's kind of when he knew that he had to kind of latch on, you know? Yeah, so the follow-up, of course, is going to be, what was the task? The task was, <laughs> to use it, it was to use a different vocabulary word, a, a new vocabulary word in every promo that you can do. It was an old Nick Bockwinkle trick. Ooh, okay, I yeah. like that. Yeah, um, Nick Bockwinkle used to study the dictionary for words, kind of like Eminem <laughs> would do for rapping. He'd study the dictionary and try and incorporate a new word into uh, each and every one of his promos. And that's why he kind of sounded so intelligent. Wait, do you remember any of the words? It's okay. So uh, kind of, I don't remember any of the words. No. Okay. So did you have to – okay, well, my other question off of that is, did you have to find it or did he give you the word of, like, you got to incorporate this word? I would, go in, I, would, I would go out and I would find them, and then I would send them in the promo and then try and have him guess what the word is. Oh, that's yeah. a nice little – that's a nice little game there. I like this. I like this. Yeah. I like um, this. Oh, sorry, I have one more follow-up based on kind of one, one other thing you mentioned because um, a lot of the indie world is very linked. You know, you're mentioning – like Alec Price has something that you want. You have something Alec Price wants. You wrestle him in this company, that company, all over. You mentioned you wrestled Ichiban 
recently, Ichiban is currently the champion of Wrestling Open. You recently became the number one contender for that championship by beating Bobby Orlando. So how does it feel to be the number one contender for that title? And do you expect to become the Wrestling Open champion soon? I think that if I was to win the Wrestling Open Championship next Thursday, 921, it would be the best thing that has ever happened to Wrestling Open ever. I guarantee that world-class Chain Thomas becoming the face of Wrestling Open, dictating the culture uh, that Wrestling Open has, would be an absolute benefit for Wrestling Open. Um, Ichiban, like I said, man, he's a focused... Uh, he's a focused competitor. His skills are very sharp. But if you can get him to break focus, he kind of starts to kind of make mistakes into his game. So um, I look forward to testing his focus, is, I guess, just how I can put it. Well, I was going to ask, kind of to, to piggyback off of that, one, do you think Ichiban should just hand you the title? You've already beat him. I don't know why we're even like, I mean, the match will be good, right? Like, for sure. Like, for sure. Just, just, just hand it over type of deal at this point. Um, and two, just the overall experience at Wrestling Open because you've been part of the uh, part part of the part of that group uh, really since the the beginning. So really, the the growth of Wrestling Open. Yep, I've been there since. Not they did like a soft open show on Restival two years ago, and I was not there for that. But I was there the following week when it was the first official Wrestling Open show not the soft opening, the first official Thursday show. So I've been there since the, almost the very beginning. Um, And it's, you know, it's every Thursday, man. It's, it can be some, it can sometimes be a little bit stressful, you know, Um, you can put stress on your body. It can put stress on your mind. There's so many hungry competitors out there that are just coming for your, coming for your head. Um, You really got to keep your skills sharp. You gotta, uh, you gotta keep your skills sharp. You gotta keep your mind clear, uh, because at any moment, someone that we have never heard of could be the next sensation, and they could come through wrestling open. So, um, I always want to foster growth in the wrestling community, but not at my own expense. So, uh, and as far as Ichiban handing over the championship, I think that would be a good idea for Ichiban. I'm not sure how it would look for me accepting a championship uh, that's being relinquished or forfeited. Um, but I think in, uh, in mind of Ichiban's health, I think that would probably be the best course of action for him. I respect, I respect your point of view that it's like, you know what, I, I want to, I'm going to beat you and then just take this from you. Yeah. But, you know, it is a good idea for him to just do it. He's already lost to you. What a, you know, like he, he doesn't, he need to, he doesn't need to put himself through that no, again it can't um, hurt man i think he has a bad <laughs> shoulder right now too so like no and, and i just, that's not a good thing it's not and i mean you just mentioned uh you just mentioned wrestling open being every thursday he needs to to heal up off of this stuff you got to keep making this show and you're not going to do that if you keep getting the sure. ring with Channing thomas for sure you get it <laughs> i know these things see john alba <laughs> taught me well on how to promote <laughs> and things like that <laughs> Yeah. Um, another another company that you've done some work with that we've actually interviewed a lot of their regular talent. Um, a lot of can, them recently, actually. Can oh, I get it? Can yeah, I get it? Is it New South Pro Wrestling? It is New South <laughs> Pro Wrestling. It is. I, I love New South. 
Yeah, well, that's great. So they already answered part of my question. I was going to ask you what it's like being a part of New South. I know you're part of the Haas tournament, which is a, one of the most uh, prestigious tournaments, in my opinion. And you uh, you wrestled friend of the show, Vinny Pacifico, and um, Brogan Finley, who I – man, I watched Brogan wrestle probably his, like, third match, like, ever in front of people. Really? You know, because he's, like, a Chattanooga guy, and I'm in the yeah. Southeast. So people tapped me in on him super early. And uh, so what, what's it been like working for New South? I know you said it's been it's been awesome. I really enjoy working for New South. Um, it's a pretty long drive, 19 hours in the car. But I think that's kind of like what the part of the fun is, you know, because I like the traveling aspect of it. But uh, everybody in the locker room, I don't know if they're afraid of me or if they respect me, but they seem to treat me pretty well. So I like to hear that. Um and, you know, the fans, they love buying my merch. Um, if you go down to a New South show, they are decked out, dripped up in Channing Thomas shirts and stickers and 8 by 10s So um, I love working New South. And, and like you said, honestly, the Haas tournament this year was one of my biggest uh, accomplishments because I knew that it's one of, like, the most prestigious, uh, one of the most decorated tournaments in all of independent wrestling right now, um, they always have a crazy, crazy lineup. This year they had uh, Martin Stone and uh, Davey Richards and Stallion Rogers. So, and myself, Alec too. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoy working for New South. I know if you had a follow-up New South question, Jensen. I expected uh, oh, a lot oh, of New I'm South sure. talk. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we hear stories about like the people that work there all the time, like, you know, Dump Sanders, you know, and uh, Brandon Williams and those guys. Um, I know you said it's been, uh, it's been great working there. Is there anyone that you'd like to wrestle there anytime soon, like going, yeah. coming up? Absolutely. I was supposed to wrestle Dylan McQueen. Um, one of the last times I went down there, but unfortunately uh, he had a family emergency and was not able to make the show um, personally. I think he was kind of scared of me, uh, but I digress. I would love to get in the ring with Dylan McQueen. Um, I think he's a phenomenal talent, and I think we would match up really well against each other. Plus, he's kind of like a bigger guy. I'm kind of a bigger guy, and I kind of like that that uh, heavyweight-style wrestling, and I think we could have a great heavyweight-style matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, Cabana Man Dan has been there. For he's been a wrestler in the that area for years, so I'd love to kind of just knock him down a, uh, a step. Uh, Brandon Williams, I actually got me booked for New South, um, so I really don't want to wrestle him because I like him, but he's a fantastic technical wrestler, and I think we could have a fun matchup there too. So yeah, there's a couple guys I really want, but Dylan McQueen is for sure definitely one of the guys that I'd love to mix it up with. I don't know if you saw, but you know Dylan briefly won that New South Championship in uh, in that steel cage match, and then I lost it right the away. Building. Oh, you were. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Braden, so. I really don't know what he was doing. He went through a hellacious ladder match with me in it, so I don't know why he did it. But I guess he gave the the briefcase to his best friend to right the wrong. I guess. Yes, that's right. You were there. Now, I was I was going to ask you if you if you had your eyes on Hunter Drake, of course, being the current champion and that title belt itself is like I feel like any pro wrestler would just want to hold that gigantic championship. For sure. It is. I mean, it's <laughs> called the humongous for a reason, right? It is massive. So 
I mean, anything that big and that gold, I kind of want, right? I And when I first got to New South, I wrestled Hunter Drake and he beat me. So I kind of need to right the wrong, I guess. Uh, you mentioned Jay Lethal earlier as uh, an influence with the ROH style, and you wrestled Jay Lethal at uh, yeah. I believe, NEW. Uh, how, how'd that match go? And then once again, she talked to Jay, getting advice from Jay. Um, that match was very fun. It was a trios match with myself and the Brick City Boys versus Jay Lethal and Waves and Curls. So, uh, you know, Brick City Boys, uh, they are my boys. And then though me and Waves and Curls kind of end up on opposite sides of the ring sometimes, those guys are my brothers and I respect them a lot. So that was a really, really fun match. Um, it was just kind of one of those matches that you look back and you're like, wow, that was just something that was special, you know? Um, and then of course, just working with Jay, he's just so fluid in the ring and, uh, he really like makes you want to step your game up and just the way he thinks about wrestling is on a different level. Um, earlier in that day, he actually had a seminar and it was only supposed to go for three hours, but it ended up going for five and he's just, uh, like he's another wealth of knowledge um so yeah it was it was a pleasure working with those with that match well you didn't have a, a dream match like that you know um what other kind of you mentioned some dream matches for new south on maybe like a bigger scale like maybe wrestlers you are a fan of or grew up watching that are still around and stuff like that what are some other like dream matches that you have that like you think you might that it might actually be possible Dream matches that I might actually think are possible. Um, I think there is absolutely no reason why I couldn't beat Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship right now. I love that call out. I love that call out. I think, and that's not really even like me looking up to him. I just know I can beat him. And I can probably chop harder than him too. So I'd say, uh, intercontinental championship match with Gunther is something he'll hold on to that thing forever too. So it's just waiting for me to get there. Oh man. I love that. I was going to ask you like goals in wrestling. It sounds like intercontinental championships way up there on the list. For sure. Wrestling for the WWE, I think would be awesome because it's something I, uh, I grew up watching. Um, so I think I'll always have a special place in my heart for it. Um, wrestling in Japan not not just Japan, but I think wrestling internationally and traveling all across the world. And uh, I think that's always cool. I think it's always cool when I get to wrestle in a different area of the United States too, scaling it back down. Um, yeah. So I think those would be my, the top priority goals are like traveling across the world, getting a chance to do some stints in some cool places and eventually hopefully ending up in either the WWE or AEW, big goals to have. Oh, just show up on Raw when they when they are in town. Just challenge Gunther. It can. I think, that, I think that's a foolproof plan, isn't it? Yeah, they do celebrations and stuff all the time now, right? Where they just go out to the ring and talk, or like you know, you just jump out there and crash one of those. And get yourself a title shot. Why not? Honestly, I mean, look, I AEW's got like five open challenges. So honestly, <laughs> if you want to appear on that show, you can. It seems like you just walk in the door and get get a title shot against Moxley sure. or FTR. Get a partner. Let's say uh, get a partner. Bring a Ring of Honor tag titles right there for the yeah. Team. I They're think all there. 
I would only go for a tag team championship belt if I could clone myself because I can only trust myself to do something. <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair. I don't know if we've invented that technology, unfortunately. We, uh, we should get on that. We should really I think get on that. There's a sheep or something that was cloned one time. I remember reading about that in middle school. I remember that, I remember that too. <laughs> Um, um what what do you enjoy kind of outside of pro wrestling Channing? Oh, I enjoy weightlifting. Um just typical just exercising in general I really enjoy. Um I like going for walks in the woods. Um or just going for walks in general. Um reading. I'm kind of a simple person, you know. I I I you know, I enjoy the finer things in life, a good cigar, some nice aged whiskey every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, you know, I just, I kind of like to keep to myself a lot. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading, um, how to influence daily and win people over. So it's kind of like a, it's like a human psychology book. Basically, uh, at the end of the day, the, the main takeaways are like, be nice and admit when you're wrong. Um, and then try and clear up communication as much as possible. So you take your lessons and then just do the exact opposite when it comes to <laughs> professional wrestling. You're like, okay, I want people to hate me, so don't do these things. Do the opposite of these things. No, no, because you need to get what you want. Um, and to get what you want, you need to kind of like, you know, lie, play the game a little bit. So you can't be an asshole all the time, but that's fair. you can be all the time if you're pretending to be kind at some point. <laughs> That's very true. I like yeah. that. Um, another question I had for you. Um, I, I like to to pick wrestlers brains a little bit on the decision making behind the finishers issues and you simple finisher pile driver, simple, but effective. I like that yeah. a lot. I, when we interviewed Adam priest, I told him the same thing. DDT. Love it. Simple love DDT. It. They stay I, down. One, two, three. I love Adam priest. I think he's awesome. That's another guy I'd love to wrestle Adam priest. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Um, so yeah, pile driver, man. And, and I, I love the way you hit that thing. It, it, it looks great. What was your decision-making process on the pile driver being your move? Um, effectiveness, effectiveness. Um, I knew that when I would do a pile driver, um, you know, some people do a pile driver and they get it for a two count and then they're up and moving around. Whenever I hit a pile driver, I know it's effective because the person usually gets taken out on a stretcher afterwards um, and sent to local medical facilities. So um, effectiveness, really. You know, I, when you're practicing the moves, I kind of heard a few people with it the first couple times going. I said, wow, this is the move for me. Okay. Got can, can you name some of the people you train with or maybe someone who helped teach you the pile driver? Uh, I mean, I studied a lot of Paul Ornorf tapes, a lot of Terry Funk tapes, and they use the pile driver. Um, as far as people I practice it on, they don't really wrestle anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I expected an answer like that. Yeah. It must be it must be hard to to get training partners to to practice this. No one wants to take it if you're going to hurt them with it in training. You just tell them you're going to pay them a pretty decent amount. They'll be fine. And you say, <laughs> "Don't take any cheap shots with me." And then you hit them with a pile driver. Oh, it seems to be working. You're you're, you're rolling in <laughs> the sure, career. I mean, I've won a lot of matches with that pile driver. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, training wise, it, 
you're you're hitting it in the match. That's when it matters. It clearly works in the match. In, in training, sure. you don't need to practice it. It's already, as you said, it's already effective. It's yeah, fun. but when I first started practicing it to make sure I had the right technique, the right hold of the person, um, we lost a lot of friends, <laughs> a lot of valued friends. <laughs> Who do you think has the has the best pile driver in history? You mentioned Orndorff and Terry Funk have good ones. Are, are those at the top of the list, or is there anybody else that has a really effective pile For driver? like all time, probably yeah. those two. Um, I always loved CM Punk's pile driver on John Cena. Mm. I always thought that was a great pile driver. Tommy Dreamer had a good pile driver too, if I remember correctly. Um <sighs> trying to think who else used the pile driver um you I'm think gonna, of the, the, the like cactus pile driver where he pulls yeah that's a good back one. and spice oh, yeah. like that. oh jerry lynn jerry lynn has a yeah. cradle yeah. pile driver i love that too you uh, kind of did that to win the limitless title you have the cradle and it kind of wound up almost more like a bomb than a driver actually yes yes yeah yeah i noticed that <laughs> were you going? Were you, were, you, were you going for the cradle pile driver, or did it just kind of work out that way? Uh, I'm just use the most effective move at any given point. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. I got you. I got you. It won the match. Hey, it looked it looked great. Thank but, you. That's yes. all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets the victory. That's that's what yeah, we're here for. Yeah, Wins. Yeah, yeah. None of this other stuff. Um, winner winner's purse is what matters. What was the match? You kind of, that's right. You kind of mentioned it earlier, but I want to get a full answer on it. Uh, you mentioned when you said Anthony Green, um, the guy you got a lot of respect for. What was the match where you, you had and you were like, oh, I'm good at this. Like things just really kind of clicked for you. And it's like, I, I know I'm, I'm good at this. I know wrestlers never stop learning, but things just like really clicked and you just kind of realized like I can do this. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, their first matches. I'm sorry, I just had to put my phone in the charger. Hey, you're good. Okay. People, their first matches. Um, most of them suck. Mine was amazing. I was the best wrestler in the match. So um, I would go with that match. My first, very first match. Say that. But I would also probably say I've had a few matches um, earlier in my career with this man named Nico Silva. He's kind of like a – he's a veteran around New England. Um, we're kind of starting up he's, – he's a little bit more experienced than me. But um, a few years ago when we were wrestling, we were both kind of green. And we ha- just like – the first time he gave me like a shoulder tackle – I just remember being like, wow, like this is something completely different. This is something that like I've never experienced before. And this is something I need to start doing. Um, so that match, um, any of those matches with Nico, I really um, attribute to kind of stepping on my game. Um, oh, I had a match with Mike Bennett in Northeast Wrestling a few years ago. That was another match where I was like, like I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm starting to get it. I'm picking it up. I'm wrestling people who have been on TV who have been in places that I've been um, and just kind of like being able to hang around with them has always been like a good sign. Um, You mentioned the Anthony green match. That was a match that was really important to me because I wrestled AG a a few times and I felt like that was like, um, that was our best at that moment. So I was, I felt like from the first time I wrestled him to that time, there was just so much improvement that was, um, that really kind of like kept me going. Um, 
I'm trying to think, man. Like Bennett, Anthony Green, Nico. I'm sure there'll be more to come with me. More that come. I wrestled John Moxley, and I when I when I got hit by him, that was like another thing where I was like, wow, this is like a different level of this type of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll go we'll go with those. What's it like to have a guy like John Moxley out there who's so well known in like the mainstream wrestling scene with all his years in the WWE when he does an AEW, but to also just constantly be giving back to the independent scene, doing indie doing indie spots, the you know, while he was the GCW champion for a while. Like what's it like having a guy like that that like never got really too big for this? And he's a guy who doesn't need to do this for money. He clearly for does sure. it because he loves it. So when I wrestled him, I believe it was like he just came out of alcohol rehab like the week the week before. So his first match was Ethan Page on Rampage, like a live Rampage. And then the next night he wrestled me. And then the following night he wrestled Homicide for, G, for GCW. So um, you just look at a guy like that, a guy that's given his body, his life to the independence and that's really where he kind of uh, he found himself was on the independence, and then you know he goes and he works at WWE, and that's awesome, fantastic. But he's a guy that kind of understands how important the independents are to wrestling. You know, you even look back this past weekend, two weekends ago, um, where he was showing up at random an AAW in the independent wrestling match in Chicago in a barbed wire massacre you know he's just one of those guys that just loves wrestling and you can tell he loves wrestling so i think that's the industry needs more leaders like that i mean i know it was a, a short match uh, against moxley uh you almost had him though i i, I distinctly sure. remember that uh but did any conversations w- with moxley be- beforehand of you know, like you mentioned, he was just coming off of the, the rehab stand. He was kind of getting his feet back into things, did three straight matches because yeah. uh, he's John Moxley. But any conversations yeah. with him about things? Honestly, no. He's an extremely private guy. Um, we talked twice. Um, he's very to the point, straight. Um, so not like a lot of, not a lot of, you know, like uh, FaceTime with him, but I kind of, as like a fellow person who's kind of just wants to be alone sometimes, I respect that a lot. Um, and I, and honestly, like he wasn't advertised for the show we were on. He was a big surprise. Um, so him just being there is is incredible and speaks volumes to how he feels about uh, independent wrestling as a whole. So, uh, last one. Um from me what we ask everybody is what is the coolest thing in your room um the coolest thing in my room right now all right uh, i hope i don't lose you guys gotcha. uh, the vacation land cup nice. ah can't yep. beat that that's the coolest thing in my room and it's right next to um these are like indian clubs that the Iron Sheik would kind of like wave around and I own a pair. It's good for shoulder rehab. So those are the two cool things in my room. Oh, and I have a rent stereo action figure I got as a gift this year. So nice. Oh, uh, I have that one also. I have that figure up on my <laughs> up on my shelf. That's a great one. It's a my little brother got it for me uh, as a Christmas present this year. So very nice. Three cool things in my room. <laughs> Love it. 
Um, I have one last question, and this may become a theme on the show, or it may get squashed uh, pretty much immediately. I asked oh, it last week. It's very, it's very topical, and I feel like it's actually a legitimate question to ask to get like, a, like a, an opinion on. What's your opinion on using real glass in wrestling? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no comment. We'll okay, that's fair. That's fair. We'll probably squash that question. We asked Dan last week because um, we were talking about a death match that he was involved in, and it was very topical at the time. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, legitimately curious now because it seems such like such a polarizing situation that I'm just like. All over broken glass. I've seen broken glass. I've, I've seen I've seen real glass. I've seen fake glass. I've seen it all in wrestling. But it's yeah. not, it's crazy that, that was so polarizing. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. No comment. That's probably a good answer. No comment is my answer. I like Jensen, that. do you want to do you want to bring back the the old uh, hood when a street? No, fight? No, that, that's just <laughs> a question. That's where, wait, question. where are we going with this? No, oh, do we, I, do, this is a rabbit hole. That okay. <laughs> All right, we'll ask you this also since I gave you. A, I also I asked you the stupid glass question. Okay, so we we used to ask uh, everybody who would okay. run a street fight between Eddie Kingston and Cody Rhodes. An actual street fight, not like yeah. not in a, not in wrestling. An actual street fight. Yeah. yeah. No rules. Eddie Kingston's a dog, but like Cody Rhodes is a legitimate, like shoot amateur wrestler. And sometimes those street fights, like it's just like swing and people go to the ground like that. Um, and honestly, I think if that happened, Cody would probably, I don't know if he beat him up, but he might tie him up. He'd Eddie on top might, him. might kill him though. <laughs> yeah okay so that's actually the exact answer that i always give is i think yeah. that cody would get like a double leg and he'd probably stay on top of him but yeah. like eddie like if it came down to it eddie's like ready to kill someone so yes. like I, you know yeah. so that it's 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 a very strange question and there's reasons why that question became a thing but we retired it a while ago but we we unretired it for you Chan. okay so, yeah. all right i got a question for you guys now how about this? okay okay brock lesnar is on a playground and he is fighting waves of 10-year-olds. Okay. Oh, like those 10-year-olds are screwed. Like 10-year-olds. <laughs> okay. But they come in waves, so it's like... How many I, waves are we talking? How it's like a horde. It's like horde level or zombies. And like, <laughs> okay. It's like zombies. Like, how many <laughs> yeah, waves yeah. can we get through before Brock gets tired? Okay. 10-year-olds. Uh, All right, so... There's a lot. I... <laughs> I, th- I think he could get through a lot. I have, I have kids. They don't tire. They do not tire at oh, all. They That's don't. the thing. They really but, don't. But Brock hits a lot harder than I do. Uh, yeah. Much, much bigger person than I am. I think he could get through a lot of weight. He would just toss and like playground. You get yeah. like a jungle gym. He just gets to toss them into those bars and stuff. Like, do you hey. like that? I like the addition of like he's on the playground. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because yeah. you can, he can toss them into like a lot of stuff. You get oh, a very yeah. Donkey Kong like vision of him on the top throwing like barrels That's at the kids. Right. From the top. Yeah. Literally exactly what I picture when I think about that. <laughs> Dude, he I think he would legitimately get through it would be thousands of children until he got so tired he fell asleep. I don't See, think it would ever end. Like, I don't think it ends. I think he just kind yeah. of like, done. Yeah. That's a good question though, Channing. See, you feel great on this show. We we I've love questions thinking, like that. I've been thinking about that question for years. <laughs> I, I like asked, it. I asked CJ Hyde that question on a CZW Dojo Wars taping one time. <laughs> what was his answer? <laughs> Uh, I can't remember it. I remember being kind of corny, but that's. It. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, we're gonna steal yes. this. We'll, we'll we'll make sure you to give can him have, credit. You can have it, please. 
It's, it's very more good. people need to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Jenny, we're, we're, we're tired. The we're tired. The real glass. The real glass question. Start asking about the uh, the zombies. Uh, so, Brock I don't think you need to retire it, but I do think like eventually people are kind of be like, "What are you talking about?" But I think right. this, this Brock Lesnar child mauling scenario that never gets old. It's timeless. Yeah, that never true. gets old. It's very true. Well, thanks for the addition to the show, Shannon. We very much appreciate the, the contribution. Guys, thank you for having me. I actually had a lot of fun. They, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Let everybody know what you got coming up and where they can find you at. Perfect. This uh, When's this going out? On Thursday, uh, Thursday. morning. Yeah. Thursday morning? Oh, perfect. This Saturday, you can catch me at Steel Stacks SmackDown 2. I do not know if there are any tickets left. There might be some general admission. There's going to be like a thousand people there. Um, Wheeler Yuta is going to be there. There's a Huge five-on-five tag main event that I'm a part of. Bacabella's Army versus Ultramantis' Mob. Um, there, you can catch me there. Um, Sunday, you can catch me at Live Pro Wrestling at the Vault in New Bedford, one of my favorite uh, places to wrestle. Um, we'll just rattle off September because I know September really well. Um, next week, you can catch me in Stoughton uh, at the Stoughton Super Slam on Saturday the 23rd. And on the 24th, you can catch me at Beyond Wrestling at the Beach. Um, in Westerly, Rhode Island. The beach shows are always fun if the weather's great, so I'm hoping the weather's great. Um, not so much if the weather's not great. And at the end of the month, it is the Limitless Wrestling anniversary show, and I will be there, and I will have some shenanigans planned. So go to that, too. There you go. Uh, follow Channing on, on X, Twitter, uh, Chance Thomas Pro. The link is down below. Uh, you can check out a schedule all right there and get your Perfect. tickets. See how to watch all of that fun stuff. Channing, thank you again for joining us. We, we Guys, really appreciate thank you it. for having me. This was a lot of fun. Hey, thank you, man. We had a great time. We appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, guys, we'll be right back here on the We're back. Big thank you to Channing Thomas for joining us. A lot of fun with him. Hopefully everyone enjoyed his hypothetical question about Brock Lesnar fighting a wave of 10, 10 year olds on a playground. We'll have to start asking wrestlers this one. Uh, I like the Eddie Kingston and Cody Rhodes street fight question. Jensen tried the real glass question. I don't know. That one might've, that one might've got cut, uh, cut up there. Um, but I, I really like the Brock Lesnar fighting waves of 10, 10 year olds. How, how many waves could he get through on the playground? Everyone uh, check out Channing Thomas, follow him on Twitter. The link is below. Um, if you are a promoter watching this, uh, the booking link is below as well. Keep up with what he's got going on. Limitless wrestling is doing a lot of good stuff uh, up in the uh, main area. Uh, so go, go check them out. All right, everybody that will do it for us today thank you everyone for tuning in really appreciate the love support all super chats today much appreciated with that um we'll be back next week here on the spotlight with a new guest new topics to discuss later on today we have the roh and impact review uh that starts at i believe nine 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 p.m eastern <laughs> 9 p.m. Whenever ROH finishes, those shows, they're either five hours long or an hour and a half long. You never know. But whenever it's over, uh, the ROH post show starts, and that bleeds into the Impact post show. That's right here, youtube.com slash Fightful. Head over to Fightful.com. Check out all the news, all the uh, 
transcriptions and whatnot that we're dropping on the, the main sites, Fifle.com. Head over to FIFLselect.com, where late last night, Sean broke the news that Jade Cargill is finishing up with AEW and is reportedly headed to WWE, which we already discussed here on the show. But if you are a FIFLselect.com subscriber, you knew that news first. So you don't want to miss out. You want to wake up, get that news right in your inbox when Sean's dropping the scoops at 2 a.m. in the morning and you're waking up like, what's happening? Check your email. You see it. Jade Cargill, huh? What's going on? That's what you That's what you want to wake up to. You can only wake up to that if you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com and head over to Fightful Overbooked. Uh, that's the sister channel that uh, I kind of sort of have a hand in. Uh, new episodes of In the Weeds tomorrow for my birthday. It is my birthday tomorrow. Joel Pearl has promised a tremendous show. One of the biggest shows ever on In the Weeds. That's live at 10 a.m. We're working on... We're working on some big guests. You know, I don't like promoting stuff. I'm not going to promote it, but fingers crossed. We, we come through with some big guests on in the weeds, tirelessly working. So we do here is work. I will uh, point this out. ROH should be a good one. Hey, I'm looking forward to the ROH show. I, Claudio's got a match. Ethan Page has got a match. Shout out to our guys, Matt Brannigan and, and Cole Radrick. They are in a match against Gates of Agony. Uh, Matt Brannigan has done an Oreo eating contest against myself so i will be forever grateful to to him the fact that uh <laughs> I'll, I'll just look at pull up that chat in a second uh, i'll show you my my uh all right anyway so an oreo eating contest with with matt brannigan which was a whole lot of fun we did that on july 3rd because the fourth was on a tuesday so we did it on july 3rd um and cole radrick he's been on this show before he's been on in the weeds before he's just randomly appeared um so good pals of the shows uh matt brannigan and cole Redrick, they're on roh tonight so shout out to them looking forward to checking them out on roh so this one uh, just popped me jeremy crosses fingers real far so uh this is i don't know if it's a a hidden talent a trick for audio listeners you won't see any of this for video listeners though so here's what i can kind of do i have very skilled fingers the wife really loves it hey look at that i don't know what that means what that uh no idea what the purpose of that, but yes, uh, my fingers are very flexible. Uh, whatever, whatever that gets me in life, I do have very flexible fingers. That's because all I do is type all day. You know, give them a good workout out there. All right, everybody, what a way to end this show. We'll be back next week, everyone. Y'all have a good weekend. Take care. Uh, we will see you. <laughs> we will see you next weekend. Bye, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.